Hey, hello everybody and welcome to the Clockwork Cantina episode 35. I am one of your hosts, Josh902, and this is our, our lovely co-host. And I'm DT3. Hello everybody. How are we doing today? Hope you're all having a, a good one. Exactly. Uh, we sure do. Uh, sorry about that little weird start. Apparently I had myself muted in Discord and didn't even realize it. Uh, and it, <laughs> it, it even threw me. So we got that fixed now. We good. We good now. Um, uh, today, in our second half of the show, we're going to talk about home brewing, and we'll talk get into that. Uh, but first off, let's talk about what we've been up to this past week. Daniel, what have you been up to this past week? Um, I've been playing some games, been watching some stuff, uh, played some Fallout 76, a little bit more of that. Uh, that's that game has gotten a little, little bit more fun to play. Has but it? I th- I, yeah, although I think it's still there are still some things where I'm like, uh, but you know, it, it, it's I, I feel like it's getting better personally. Yeah, I've heard, um, I've heard a few people say that. I why oh I played Dead by Daylight a little bit. That was kind of fun. Played on Val stream. Oh damn! That was a good. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. <laughs> It was it was a it was a good time. Uh, Majid and I were making her crack up. It was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. She was dying. Uh, let's see what else. Playing a lot more Animal Crossing. Uh, actually, I was playing Animal Crossing before we started stream. I also checked mine because I uh, hadn't checked it yet today, just to see what was in my shops. My shop's getting upgraded tomorrow, apparently though. So. Hell yeah, man. My my nook's cranny. That's awesome. I uh, I had my museum get upgraded today, so that's out of commission for me. Oh damn! And then I started a new project on my island, which I feel like I have a vision for it. But you know, things <laughs> take time and money in that game, so it's yeah. gonna take a little bit before it can get to the point I want it to be. But I started it, and I think it'll be cool when it's done. Uh, but yeah, I just you know, other than that, I was doing the huge, you know, like grabbing the fruits and selling them and grabbing everything that you know the fossils and all that other shit that's on the floor and everything i have so. i have so many pears to sell i have so I, have, I need to make at least two trips to somebody else's island to unload my pears. Uh, i'll open my shop up later i uh, i also want to visit other people's shops too because i know like d'angelo's like i have samurai helmets i'm like what samurai helmets helmets oh you can buy me one deandra or i'll come visit you deandra i need you i need one of those helmets right uh, or all of the helmets i should say yeah, I got like all the sets, so I'm gonna get like one helmet of each. But yeah, I've just been pretty much doing that. And then what else? Uh, as far as like watching stuff, I finally caught up and finished that show that I talked about like weeks back, uh, the Lego Masters show. Oh damn! Kind of like a reality like contestant, like contest show yeah. or whatever. Competition. Competition, yeah. That was kind of fun. I watched that. They had like a Star Wars episode. That was pretty cool. Uh. Fun show, man. It's just like a bunch st- of people. I still need to check teams. it out. It's fun, man. It's really cool. I, I would definitely recommend it. I, I, uh, yeah, it's 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 good stuff. I, I watched the finale. It was pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, just uh, I, I'd, I'd recommend that. It's, it's a pretty fun, fun show. Uh, what else did I watch? I watched. Uh, I, I, I want to say I caught up on Westworld, but I think I'm another episode behind. So what was the last? Um, what happened in the last one you watched? Um. They were on the run after taking uh, the dude. Yes, you are an episode behind. 
Gotcha. So yes, I I am an episode behind. Yeah, and I'll be like two behind after tomorrow, I guess. So I'll be uh, that's that's my constant struggle. It's like, oh, I'm c- catching up on a show. Nope, I'm like, nope, I'm like another episode out. And it's yeah. like, oh, I'm always, I'm always been. I know that feeling. Uh, quite yeah, well. but it, it is what it is. I'll I'll try to catch up one of these days. And then I also I I watched the first two episodes of the uh, 1997-1998 Chicago Bulls: The Last Dance, which was incredible yeah i I heard you or saw you were saying it was pretty good in in your discussion it is so good i I cannot wait to see the next two episodes tomorrow it's gonna it's like it's incredible like if you're if you're just like a fan of basketball in general it's fucking amazing uh and you know obviously mike mike michael jordan mj is the, the greatest of all time so it's 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 just fun seeing like you know that whole final season of like, yo, there was a lot of, even though it was like their final run, there was a lot of shit going on, you know, cause some sneezy ass motherfuckers in the front office. And of course, you know, Scotty Pippen was underpaid for being like the second best player in the league at the time or whatever. Like all throughout the nineties, he was like super massively underpaid because unfortunately he signed a contract like early in his career for like a 7 year deal where he got so underpaid how much uh, how much did they make back in the 90s i mean it wasn't the the salary cap wasn't as as uh like crazy as it is today cuz motherfucking the, the money they make nowadays is obscene yeah it is but like yeah back in the day i i'm not sure what the average was but i think like at one point Scottie Pippen which you know was Michael Jordan's like second hand dude Right hand man, he was he was like the 122nd highest paid player in the league, and he was like arguably the second best player in the league after Mike, which is inc- like it is bonkers, man. But anyway, I would I would recommend checking that out for sure if you guys are interested in you know 90 late or actually I mean they go into like the 80s and stuff too, but it, it's it's a really cool documentary. It's called The Last Dance. You can watch it on the ESPN. Uh, I think ESPN Go or I don't know ESPN. Just just look it up. It's called The Last Dance. I think it's it comes out every fra every Sunday. Sorry, every Sunday, <laughs> and it is uh, first episodes are great. I'm looking forward to the next two, and uh, I kind of saw a preview of uh, some of the other stuff to come, and I don't know, man. It's gonna be rough when I see Kobe again. It's gonna be yeah. rough. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. But anyway, that that's that's good stuff. That's pretty much all I've been up to. Those just you know shows and games, and I I need to see if I watch another movie again this this weekend because I I want to. Last week, you no, know, obviously we saw Onward, which you know yeah. we had that Onward episode for you guys who uh, are keeping up here with what we're doing. But uh, yeah, I want to try to watch some of the other things that I've missed out on. Uh, hopefully, but yeah, yeah. I've been uh. Uh, I've been sleeping a lot. I got sick last Sunday, which is why there was no frozen decimation. I ate something that definitely did not agree with me. It was a chicken, uh, and it made me sick, and I was sick for, like, three days. I'm still not all the way better. I'm, like, 85%, I would say, about where you should be when you're not sick. And all I've done is sleep. Even right now, all I want to do is lay down on the bed and go to sleep. It's like, it sucks. Um, But here we are. And uh, 
mostly better. Uh, and speaking of D and D, we're gonna have a game tomorrow, so make sure to check Hell that out. Yeah. Woo woo. Um, because we didn't play last week because I got I got sick the day we were supposed to play, and it was just like, oh, this is miserable. Yeah. Um, All I, I have to say is, is uh, fuck the golden grain. <laughs> yeah, and, seriously. And the, and the, and the, I, the, the fucking irony of it is not lost on me. <laughs> uh, um, oh man. You gotta watch that chicken, bro. You gotta watch it. It's bad. Um, sure do, man. Sure do. Uh, I haven't played too much. I've played some XCOM 2 here and there. Like, all I've really done oh, this week is dude. sleep. How could I forget? I played XCOM <laughs> Chimera Squad. What the fuck? <laughs> How was it? It's fun as hell, dude. I actually enjoyed the shit. I'm so sorry to interrupt. No, like, you go ahead. Oh, you mentioned XCOM 2, and I'm like, holy shit. I, I fucking streamed Chimera Squad yesterday. Yeah. How the fuck did I forget about that? <laughs> it's fun, dude. I actually really like it so um, far, man. I'm going to buy it. I haven't gotten it yet. I was waiting for reviews. Reviews have come out. They're pretty good for it. So I like it, man. I, the new breaching thing, is I find it kind of neat. Uh, it's... Yeah, it's I like it, man. You get you got like a squad of people, and you're pretty much like saving a city instead of it's, like XCOM Two. It's like the whole world. In this game, it's like you're focusing on like a city. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's fun, dude. I I really enjoy it so far. I I really do, man. It's it's pretty 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 damn fun. I watched some of Coast play through, and it looks it looks good. Yeah, it, it's 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 a good time, dude. I really have been enjoying it uh, myself. And then one last thing that I forgot as well is. Clone Wars, Siege of Mandalore, Episode 2, The Phantom Apprentice. Just, oh, <laughs> chef's kiss. T- t- fucking incredible, dude. Incredible. I, can't, I cannot wait until you start watching this, this season so you can s- s- just witness the um, fucking incredible, f- amazing, phenomenal shit that we're watching. It's, it's so good. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. No, I, like, if... When we first when we first started, I was like, "What have I been up to?" Because I haven't thought about it too much, and I figured once we started talking about it, like shit would just pop into our brains that we remembered from last week. Yeah, it's it happens sometimes, you know. I'm just like uh, I, I, I I think I get everything down, and then I'm like, "Oh fuck!" I, I forgot totally about forgot. Like a yeah. More. Um, I've been working on some projects, some things I can't talk about, but hopefully we'll get to soon. Uh, oh shit! I worked my ass off on a few things this past week. Probably did too much, actually. Um, uh, but as soon as I'm able to talk about those things, uh, they will be talked about on the show and other places as well. So keep an ear to the ground, folks, and keep an eye out for tomorrow, Sunday. Uh, you, you may hear some things. Um, I did watch a movie. I watched a movie. I watched a movie after after. Uh, What'd you watch? I watched Brave. Oh. Uh, we, we were talking about... Um, yeah, because you hadn't seen that one. Yes. After, after we watched Onward. Yeah, yeah, What'd you think? I, I'm a big fan. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's a good movie, dude. Yeah, I like it. Um, I, be- I believe it's a 2012 movie, if I'm not mistaken. Let's look. I'm not 100% sure, but Since I, I watched think... it, I'll pull it up. Yeah, it's 2012. Okay, um, yeah, that makes sense. I enjoyed it a lot. The, uh, the voice cast was cool. Um, the story was great. Um, Merida's hair is the bomb, <laughs> and I imagine it was quite hard to to make it because it looks like it would be. Um, and hats off to making probably the scariest bear in an animated movie I've seen since fucking like the Fox and the Hound, because <laughs> that thing is terrifying. <laughs> uh, the one they show at the beginning. Um, 
And I can't think of what it's fucking called right now. Uh, Big ass bear. I yeah, don't it's got a name. Um, it's been a little uh, bit since I've seen that movie. More dew. That's it. More dew. Uh, it's the bear. And I like the story. I'm glad that it's a it's a mother daughter kind of story. I, I didn't know. I I literally know nothing about Brave before I watched yeah, this. It, yeah, it is it is a, it is a mother daughter story, which is I think one of the reasons why Bob really likes that movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed that aspect of it. That it's just kind of like uh, in, the, in them and their relationship, and yeah, how it's a complicated thing. I really enjoyed it. It's a good movie. I'll probably watch it again. Actually, that's how much I enjoyed it. So, um, nice. the, <laughs> uh, the little brothers are hilarious. Um, her her brothers, the three uh, the three kids are crack crack me up. Um, uh, but yeah, brave. It's a good movie. Enjoyed it. Yeah, cool, um, man. Cool, cool, cool. All right, let's see. I'm all caught up on Westworld um, till tomorrow. So I've watched all of that. Mm-hmm. I've gone back and watched uh, watched some Clone Wars episodes, some of the early ones. Um, nice, nice. Which uh, ones did you watch? Uh, I kind of started from the very beginning again and oh, went okay. through some of those in a chronological. I was going to ask chronological because that's the way to go, man. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing. I was doing the chronological. Chronological um, is the way, man. And I watched some of those, and that was great. I even watched the movie, which I don't think I'd ever actually even seen the movie. Really? Yeah, um, which was oh, pretty wow. good. Um, I was about to ask what you think, but because yeah. a lot of people, that's like they don't like the movie, but they like the show. It was fine. Interesting. I yeah. I thought it was fine. Um, yeah, there, there's there's some really interesting things in the movie that I really like for sure. Yeah. When did Clone Wars? What year did that start? The the movie two thousand eight. Yeah, see, it came, it that that show and movie both combined. Mm-hmm. They came at a time where my love for Star Wars had kind of waned a bit, and I wasn't as into it as much as I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I missed a lot of those those early that Clone early Wars stuff. 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 Yeah, um, I mean, it came out the same year that Force Unleashed did. Did you play? Did you did you get that when it came I out? Did, I did not. I see. I didn't play Force Unleashed so much later. Mm. Um, it, it just waned so much, and I don't even know why. Like I wasn't. I think if it wasn't a movie or you know like Kotor, I wasn't into it <laughs> for a hot minute. And then I uh, and then the 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 new movies kind of came out and started coming out, and that kind of rekindled my love that had since fate that had faded a bit. Uh, for things and 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 then I found you know I found the guys you know the blind wave guys and they're such huge fans it's hard not to be a fan when they're such huge fans too, um, of anything that's Star Wars, um. So I had missed a lot of Clone Wars when it first started, mm. um. But I I like it I like it a lot so um. I, I wasn't watching a lot of TV in that time period either I think that's another thing. Uh, 2008 i mean 2008 i was i mean i i, I was i was into it because uh or i mean star wars i mean because mm-hmm. I, I mean i've always i've always have been i never it never waned for me um but i remember i remember getting force unleashed when it came out because it came out like i if i'm not mistaken it came out like close to my birthday that year so i was like that's what i'm getting for my birthday this force unleashed i think it was like september something 2008 um September 16th. Oh, so it was after my birthday. So, yeah, I definitely got it, like, as a late birthday gift for myself. Yeah. Um. Uh, 
And then Clone Wars, I mean, I remember watching the movie in the theater. I think I did a double feature of that and The Dark Knight because uh, those movies came out that year, both of them. And I was like, well, fuck it, dude. Batman and Star Wars, hell yeah. Hell, hell yeah, man. Uh, and, I, yeah, I really like both of them. Uh, I know, again, Clone Wars, the movie, not the show, is a little weaker and, and a lot of people don't like it as much. I, I think the thing that people don't really like is the whole, like, Sky Guy and uh, – what is what is snips thing you know like the little stupid nicknames they call each other <laughs> yeah a lot of people don't like that and then they're like well jabba you know brought of the hut you know jabba's little son like what the fuck happens to him because to be honest to this day i don't think we've ever seen rada in anything else other than that fucking movie like not even the show he ever makes an appearance in again which is kind of weird <laughs> they have this baby hut that never appears ever again I, th- I thought it was all fun like none of that stuff bothered me i if I had watched it when I was like 18, it may have, <laughs> but it doesn't. It didn't really bother me. Like it's Star Wars, so. Yeah, it uh, didn't bother me either. But yeah, I mean, no, I, I yeah, I, I, I like the movie. I like the, the. Sh- oh man, what's crazy to me is watching this new season and these past couple episodes. It is like cine- like cinematic like quality like even more so than that movie that we were talking about. Like mm-hmm. just the score the like the way they like set it up at the beginning just the animation has grown so much from you know from now like until or, or from 2008 until now it's it's incredible man like I, I again i can't wait till you can watch the new stuff because the new stuff is not, not that the old stuff isn't great but like this new stuff is just like on a whole nother level dude you're like holy shit man yeah but anyway yeah i i yeah it was also yeah. It was it also just kind of came at a time where I just didn't watch TV much anymore. I really didn't until, um, like Arrow came along, and that got me kind of back into watching stuff on television. And whereas before it was like, I'll just put on a movie and that'll be what what I have on, kind of deal. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And I was like that for years, and years. I'm trying to think of like for me what it was because I definitely watched Clone Wars. So that was that was like the one thing that like I had to watch because I mean I love I love Star Wars so I, I I watched that shit all the time. I remember watching it Cartoon Network whenever the fuck it would come out on TV, you know. Like I'm there for that man. And then I think in 2010 was when The Walking Dead came out, so I I was watching that. But I don't really remember much else that I was watching TV show wise back then. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think like 2008, 2009, 2010. I was definitely watching Clone Wars, but I don't remember what else. 2010 was Walking Dead. I didn't watch Game of Thrones until like a couple years ago, so I was late to that party. Yeah, uh, I think by the time I'd watched Game of Thrones, three seasons had already come out. Yeah, I I, I definitely didn't. And that's not just because I didn't have HBO, and I didn't have any other way to watch it at the time. Yeah, so I'm trying to. Th- I don't know. I don't know what else. Much else I would watch. Those were those were different times, man. The 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 late 2000s, early 2010s. I was, I was like almost like a completely different person back then. <laughs> different, different, times, man. Yeah. different times. That's what, uh, that, 2008. This is that's the year I turned 18, man. Um, the fucking uh, I was a completely different person <laughs> than I do I am now. <laughs> uh, I've grown so much. Very proud of how much I've grown, rather. Uh, wow, oh, yeah. we, we went off on a tangent there. I like that. That was good. We did, but uh, that you know what? That that happens from time to time. Uh, Cool, cool. Um, other than that, watching Brave, I haven't watched much of anything. I don't 
think I'll remember something it, like halfway through this episode, and I'll be like, <gasps> and then I'll be like, well, I can't bring it up now. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> you can always bring it up at the end. It's fine. Uh, uh, but yeah, let's move into the news. I guess then is there very much news out there? I haven't, I haven't kept. Oh, uh, I got a few things. Yeah, I got a few things for each category. Not a whole lot, but gotcha. I All right, hit me. What do we got? All right, first piece of news is that uh, you should definitely set up your two-step verification on your Nintendo account right now because Nintendo confirmed that a shit ton of accounts have been uh, hacked into. So if you haven't done that already, you got to head over to Nintendo Nintendo and fucking set that up. I I set it up as soon as I, I... I didn't have it either. But when until you were like, oh, I'm trying to set it up, I was like, fuck, shit, I might as well too, because yeah. shit, motherfuckers getting hacked over here and shit. So I, uh, I'm good to go. I think you are too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Josh and I are both good to go. Uh, if you don't have two step on your Nintendo account, I would recommend doing so. Uh, it's really, it's a really simple and easy thing to set up. Like, really, as long as you got like the Google Authenticator app or whatever on your phone. Which everybody, by this point, friends, you should have. You it. should have it because two factor. You need to have two factor on everything nowadays. Basically. So yeah, I, I would definitely recommend adding uh, two step to your Nintendo account. Absolutely. Uh, everybody's getting hacked and and, and stuff. So. Definitely be careful with that. Apparently it was tied to some, uh, at least from what I've read and understand of it, it was tied to some of the old, like your 3DS stuff and Nintendo Network IDs and stuff like that. Um, that kind of mm. had it happen. That's the reason it happened. But yeah, go go turn on your two-factor, guys. Go show. Absolutely. Okay. Moving on to something else, Nintendo, Animal Crossing New Horizons had an April free update. Oh, yeah. Uh, in which they're doing, uh, it, it came out two days ago, April 23rd, uh, where they added uh, new island visitors, such as Leaf, who's going to have a garden shop where he sells, like, uh, you know, bushes and uh, shrubs and whatnot. Um, which is pretty cool because you can make like different interesting little little like instead of using like walls, you could use like you know bushes or whatever or shrubs. Mm-hmm. And then they added uh, Red Jolly Red. He's a, a like a, a f- he sells paintings and artwork and stuff. Some of it is real, some of it is fake. So you got to be careful with that. Um, <laughs> try not to blow your money on fake paintings because that would suck. Um, and then they're doing like a museum expansion, which you know. Oh my god! They're adding, that's actually they're adding the art for. Yeah, I'm excited about that. My museum is actually closed today in real life uh, for me because they're adding that tomorrow. And then they did this nature day thing where you can get like more miles uh, until May fourth. Uh, every day they're adding like one like p- times five like nook miles thing where, that you have to do. And, uh, they're doing the May Day thing where. You, 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 there's a chance for you to get like one of these like crazy looking islands, um, and then apparently there's gonna be a stamp rally, which I forgot that that was even gonna happen. So there it is. Oh, and then <laughs> wedding season, yeah. 
this is uh this is something right here I, uh do you want to take pictures of uh other little fucking animals getting married i guess <laughs> go for it dude well that's a thing but it's cool yeah th- yeah it is it is a thing uh it's I, I find it cool that they're like gonna be adding like updates like all the time which is pretty pretty dope uh Looking forward to seeing what they add in the future because I've heard that people have been dead data mining for other for things that they're going to be adding, and uh, there's some pretty interesting stuff uh, that I've that I've heard. But you know, we'll see if it ends up happening. Uh, but this is the newest update here. Pretty cool. It's out now. If you're you know, if you have the game or you're wanting to get it or whatever, that's some, that's something you can. Uh, look forward to or play now because it is it is out now awesome moving on to another trailer unless you got anything else to no i I have nothing to throw on there we have a sea of thieves uh update which we kind of talked about last week a little bit but here's a little trailer for it they're adding uh some stuff to this as well ships of fortune Hmm. There's the uh, there's a lot of like PVP stuff in this uh, trailer here. Mm. Um, like you'll see here in a little bit about the PVP stuff, but uh, they're adding like new ships, new uh, some of the new PVP game mode is like I think before um you'd have to like grab a, a piece of treasure. And then like take it somewhere, but now it's like everybody's fighting for one piece of treasure, and you have to take it to that one island. So it makes shit like even more chaotic, and every and everybody just you know fucking kill each other even harder now because everybody's fighting over one piece of thing, and they gotta take it to that one island, and it's it's, it's fucking nuts. Like I, okay, I when I usually play this game, I'm not like super into the PvP stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'll you know, I'll, I'll get down on a scrap with you know if, if other if motherfuckers are, 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 are bugging bugging me and the crew but like you know i don't necessarily look for a fight yeah if i don't have to there's there's a there's a that cool little new uh wolf <laughs> ship and sails and stuff here that's going to be coming up that i'm pretty sure phenom is going to want to grab for his ship because uh you know he's all about that wolf stuff yeah and uh yeah so they're adding new cosmetics as well like like that there it is and then they're adding like Cats as pets and like things like that. Uh, April twenty second, which I believe is already out. Yeah, it is out. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think I like the two minute mark. You can stop the video because that's like the rest of it is just like I don't know, one of the like devs or whatever talking about stuff. Gotcha. But yeah, new update. They're adding more stuff to the. Uh, emissaries and and whatnot um pretty cool something that i gotta get back into at some point if we can if we can assemble the the crew i know you said you were kind of interested in getting the game that yeah to steam i might check uh, it out yeah it's it's pretty fun when you got like a crew of people i i i just wish that they had let you have like a bigger crew because sometimes in the past we've had like more than like because the maximum crew size is four people and like at times we've had like more than four people on who want to play, and it's like, well, you know, 
it only it only lets you have four. That's the max. But like the ship is like pretty big. Like it's, like I would say like six people would be kind of cool. But I kind of I like I understand it for PvP reasons. But like if you're just on your own, like you know, like playing like PVE, then then I feel like they should let you do like uh, six people or more people. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting. This new update. Again, I'm all for games that have updates all the time, uh, like like Animal Crossing, like Sea of Thieves, like you know whatever, like Battlefront Two, like any other game that has updates every so often. Uh, very interesting, uh, very exciting. Uh, we'll have to try some of those uh, Sea of Thieves one in particular out at, at some point when we can assemble the crew. But uh, moving on, that. Cool. Uh, Madden has announced. Well, not they didn't announce it, but the team of the player announced the cover star for uh, the cover athlete for the next Madden game. Oh lord! And that's and that's gonna be uh, the Ravens' Lamar Jackson. He is gonna be the next uh, cover athlete for the upcoming Madden game. Uh, and it's funny because. EA Madden tweeted out like when the Ravens leak your cover athlete and they had like a gif of him like on the bench or something and it's I, I can't believe that the Ravens fucking leaked it dude without like like without EA doing it first that's that's actually kind of funny but <laughs> but it's uh it's gonna be Lamar Jackson you know I feel like it always gets leaked <laughs> there's always a leak when it comes to the cover athletes with Madden <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it's 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 hilarious man it's it's absolutely hilarious. So I, I, you know, there's there's the whole Madden curse thing. So hopefully, uh, you know. Although I guess Patrick Mahomes, you know, nothing happened to him when he was a cover athlete, right? Um. Uh, the end. They fucking the Chiefs ended up winning. So, yeah, you know. they got the Super Bowl win. So I guess the Madden curse was broken last year. Uh, but yeah. Lamar Jackson, one of the one of the best young players in the NFL right now. He's gonna be the uh, the cover athlete for the next Madden game. I actually haven't played a Madden game. I want to say since like '07, dude. I haven't I, played a Madden I game haven't. since like Madden '07. I haven't played Madden in a long time. I used to have fun playing them, but like I I don't know. I just for for like years now, I've stopped buying like yearly sports games it, it was I something to, i got just every once in a while i don't i wasn't like a yearly i have to have it kind of football i i, I used to get the uh the the nba 2k and the fifa ones like every year dude until i just stopped and i was like i can't get these every year man because that's just it's basically like the same shit every year but with updated rosters and like maybe a little bit better graphics and then like sometimes you have game modes which are like stupid as fuck that I don't even want. I'm like, why do you why are you adding this to the game? Mm-hmm. I always I do like the like story mode, like create your own character type thing. I I do like that kind of thing. Yeah, but, they've really improved on that since I've played. But sometimes they do like some they in the past they've done some like really stupid, corny, dumb shit for the like for the like my story type things. Like, I remember one year for, like, the basketball one, I was like, they got, like, Spike Lee to do, like, some stuff. I was like, this sucks, dude. Like, no. <laughs> no. No. Um, for me, for me, the main reason I ever bought Madden was just, like, playing with my dad. 
like we'd get like a sports mm -hmm. game and we'd just play it together. You know, we cool. did we did it with baseball or we did it with football. It was you know, uh, that's dope. But I haven't in a very long time. I've kind of wanted to try to check one out because I haven't checked one out in so long. Yeah, I, I I used to get them like all the time, but I haven't in a while now. So. So yeah, uh, but yeah, there it is. Uh, Lamar Jackson cover athlete for uh, Madden, the new one. Madden twenty one, I believe, is gonna be the upcoming one. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. From one sports game to another, WWE two K is skipping twenty twenty. They're skipping this year, so they're not they, coming out with a with a new one. After that last no. game, they should skip every year. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> No WWE 2K21. 2K announced that 2K Games will not be releasing a new installment of their annual wrestling series in 2020. Uh, apparently, uh, they said that there's going to be some uh, exciting news on the detail or oh, the, yeah. detail of the future of the WWE 2K franchise. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. but but there is no uh, there is no game coming out this year. But apparently they have some news next coming next week. So the two K twenty was such a debacle, uh, just full of massive bugs. I even like I think we used to just I I got sent a few to you. Like just look at this stupidity yeah, <laughs> that's remember, happening on that. this game. I remember and, people just straight up trashing that game. And two uh, K. Really, they shouldn't even be making the goddamn games anymore, in my opinion. Uh, but whatever. So, you have my thoughts on it. Skip every year yeah. from now on, 2K. Do us all a favor. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. But there you go. There you have it. They're not doing the, They're not doing it this year, so... Also, blacklist me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, all right. All righty, then. You got any, you got any gaming... You got any more gaming news? Because that's all I got. Uh, no, I'm gonna, let's see. I'm going to look real quick. Uh, NVIDIA has announced company-wide company -wide raises, and they promise no layoffs during all the things that are going on in the world at the moment. So a little bit of good news if you work for NVIDIA. I like that, so I like some good news. Um, uh, Doom Eternal's officially released soundtrack is a poorly mixed mess that composer mick gordon barely even had a hand in apparently so oh wow. um they they like apparently bethesda or whoever is in charge of doing the music shit really fucked up over there how do you fuck this up you have mick gordon the man made the last soundtrack so good i don't understand um so, yeah what happened then let's look at the actual article here. This is from criticalhit.net and it says uh, Doom Eternal may rip and tear through your eyeballs until the deal is done but the audio part of this gore heavy package is an unstoppable train of face melting heavy metal and the tastiest of guitar licks. A dynamic explosion of sound that Doom 2016 that does Doom 2016 proud composer. Uh, Mick I own your eardrums now. Chords melody of mayhem is one for the ages. Um at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, let's see if I can find the part where it actually talks about this. Uh, da -da -da -da. Uh, but it's not the best version of the soundtrack that deserves to be. Well, it definitely sounds fine on the first listen. Something seems a bit off. There's a certain layer of polish that's not present. This is just on the, like, the physical 
um, soundtrack, by the way. Okay. Oh, the, the physical one. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. The, the one in the game is still uh, okay, I believe. Uh, yeah. While it definitely sounds fine on first listen, something seems to be off. There's a certain layer of polish not present. A clash of instruments competing for a spotlight space like early 2000s new metal band members attempting to outdo each other in the recording studio. There's a reason for that. None of these submitted tracks were mixed by Mick Gordon. Mm. Uh, let, let's, oh, there's a tweet here. Um, uh, Mick Gordon is a far more... This is from <laughs> Dunamal Crossing's Eternal Horizon, the uh, at what? that ADC, uh, ACDC guy on Twitter. Um, Crossing Doom crossover account or yeah. what? And he, right. he tweeted out that Mick Gordon is a far more talented audio engineer than me. It's not even close, and that's what makes this especially frustrating. I expect much better from him. Again, the music itself is phenomenal, but this mix on the official soundtrack is frankly terrible. And Mick, Mick Gordon replied to this tweet saying, I didn't mix those and wouldn't have done that. You'll be able to spot the small handful of tracks that I mixed. Meat Hook, Command and Control, etc. Um, the ACDC guy went into detail on just how poorly mixed the majority of Doom Eternal's tracks are, highlighting the lack of dynamic range and lack of harmony overall. He's got like another tweet here that's got uh, I'm gonna post this. I'm gonna post this article in chat, by the way. That way you guys can see the tweets and the stuff he's talking about. I probably should have done that from the beginning. I apologize. Um, he says here's a comparison between the original BFG division from Doom 2016's official soundtrack on the left versus the BFG 2020 remix on Eternal soundtrack from today. Notice how the wavelengths of BFG 2020 form a nearly perfect straight bar versus the original, which has more definition. Now, maybe you're unfamiliar with audio mixing and you're thinking, okay, there's clearly a visual difference, but how does that translate to what I'm hearing? Basically, when there's more definition in the wavelengths, there's greater dynamic range between the instruments. In the case of music, dynamic range gives instruments more breathing room, so to speak. While there are exceptions in most cases, you don't want instruments to compete with each other for dominance. You want them to harmonize together to create new and interesting sounds. The gist of all of this is that the compression uh, the, is that the compression has resulted in every instrument playing at the same level of volume, creating a crowded audio space. You've got uh, you've got a soundtrack that is essentially fighting against itself instead of working with each unique sound to create a total package of savage awesomeness. Even worse, this may be the last time Mick Gordon ever works with Bethesda. Uh, I mean, fucking if if they did that, like yeah, I would imagine so. Um, Somebody sent a DM to Mick on something, and it says, "Yo, Mick, are you going to be uh, you're going to be there if I, it decides to work on another Doom game?" And Mick Gordon replied, "Doubt will work together again." Um, the last of this article completes with, "It's a damn shame Doom Eternal soundtrack in all of its uncompressed glory is a work of art, heavy ma heavy metal magic that pushes your heart rate up and makes you sweat bullets as you weave a bloody path through the hordes of hell." Gordon's work perfectly complements one of the best games of the year. It's a, it's a soundtrack which deserves better remix, remix and remaster until it is done, Bethesda. So, uh, in the game, it's fine. The actual soundtrack that they released, and I think they released it with the Collector's Edition. I'm not 100% sure on that. I heard there was some stuff about that, but I haven't double-checked. Uh, overall, that seems like the biggest takeaway there is that, oh my god, Mick Gordon might not work on the next Doom if there is another one. Uh, which would be terrible, because he's like, so good. <laughs> what a waste. Yeah, I, I 
I, I wouldn't imagine him wanting to work with them again if they did that to him. I can't believe they did that. Like, why? How do you fuck that up? You're so yeah, good but at... why though? Like, like what? Like what? I, I, oh, I don't know. Man. I have no clue why, but yeah, that's a that's a thing. Uh, bummer. Uh, moving on. Um, Red Dead Redemption Two is coming to the Xbox Game Pass. So if you have Xbox Game Pass, uh, you get to play Red Dead if you haven't already. I highly recommend it. It's awesome. It is one of the best games of all time. I just watched somebody complete a playthrough the other day, and it, it made is, me made me want to have another go. It is absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yes, 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 fucking, yes, indeed. Fucking masterpiece. I definitely recommend it to everybody if you haven't played it already. Uh, Downton uh, Dice announces the end of future content for Battlefield Five June update to be its last. Mm, uh, I did so that'll be the last of that if you're into Battlefield. Uh, I, I haven't been in the Battlefield in a hot minute. I ha- The last one I played was probably four. I don't even. I didn't. I don't, let me look and see. I, I, I get them all mixed up now because there's so many of them. Uh, you know what I miss? I miss Bad Company. Did you play Bad Company? Uh, I didn't. Bad Company was like the bomb. Uh, it had a had an awesome story mode. Um, yeah, it was just fun. I played so much of it back in the day. They should do another uh, Bad Company. Uh, Death Stranding PC launch is delayed to July 14th. I don't think any of us really care, but that's a thing. For what? Uh, Death Stranding PC launch. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, it's, it's, it was, it's never really, it was never really a game that interested me, to be honest. Nah. Nah. Walking simulator. Do-do-do-do-do-do. More rumors of, uh, some Horizon Zero Dawn stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm waiting for him to come out with uh, number two, man. Supposedly, they got ideas for a trilogy, starting with a number two. So, well, I mean, that's a good way to start. I mean, they have the first one, so they might as well go ahead and go all out. I mean, uh, I'm just what I played of it. I loved. I'm just kind of waiting for a PC release at this point to to really get back into it. Um. If you were into Guild Wars back in the day, like I was, they're having their 15th year anniversary, uh, I think, right now. So check you can check that out. I want to mention that because I was huge into Guild Wars when it first came out. Uh, I had some of the great PvP um, style games, and it's really cool. So other than that, that's all I got for gaming news. You want to move on to television news? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. All right. So, first piece of uh, TV news here. We, we, I have quite a bit of Star Wars news here, actually, but we're going to mm-hmm. start off with the thing that I was talking about earlier, which is the, the Last Dance documentary. Uh, it got big ratings. Uh, I, imagine, I imagine so. It, 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 yeah, it, it got big ratings. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, debut, the debut of the 10-hour series, the most-watched ESPN documentary ever uh the opening two hours 
which chronicles Jordan's career, fame, and legacy while focusing on the 97-98 NBA season. Averaged 6.1 million viewers Sunday on ESPN and ESPN2. The two episodes are the most watched ever for ESPN uh, documentary content in a sports star landscape. Uh, the debut episode at 9 p.m. Eastern uh, averaged... 6.3 million viewers across the two networks. ESPN aired an uncensored version, while ESPN2 bleeped out rough language. Most of the people stuck around for the episode 2, which drew 5.8 million viewers. Two hours averaged 3.5 million viewers in the key ad demographic of adults 18 to 49, equivalent to about a 2.7 rating, way ahead of anything else on TV on a Sunday night. Uh, it was originally supposed to air in June uh, to go along with the end of the NBA season. But, yeah. you know, but when Corona shut everything down, they moved up the date, the date of it to uh, this past Sunday. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really good. I uh, the, like I said, the first episodes are out. The next two are coming out, I think, tomorrow. And then, yeah, I think they'll go, I think I think the plan is to have two every Sunday, but we will see. How many episodes uh, is it total? Ten. Ten. And there, there's two out already. So the ne- and the next two are coming out, I think, tomorrow. So. Yeah, it's really good. I, I, I would I would definitely recommend it to uh to sports fans out there, especially if you're into like basketball and and, and you know the name the nineties and eighties basketball and, and stuff like that. Um but yeah, really, really, really good stuff. Uh I, I really enjoyed the first episodes. Uh let's see. All right, moving on to some a little bit a little bit of Star Wars news here. Actually, wait, before we go into Star Wars. Speaking of West, we're talking about Westworld earlier. Speaking of Westworld, it's been renewed for season four. Oh yeah. So season four, I mean, this is it's it's one of like the the you know shows everybody's talking about right now. So of course, it, of course, it'll get renewed. It was only it was a matter of when, not a matter of if for this show. So they finally got that going on. Um. What I didn't know mm-hmm. is that seasons one and two have ten episodes each, but this one only has eight. Yes, yes, this one's a shorter season. Damn, I didn't even know that. So there's gonna be shit, how many episodes are we into it then? I I don't even know. We're on episode uh five. Ooh, it's almost over then. Let me look. Let me double check. But yeah, I, I've 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 been enjoying this season for the most part. How do you feel about this season? I'm enjoying it so far. I am. Um... I, I gotta catch up, but yeah, it's 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 been. I, I thought it's been pretty solid so far. I'm incorrect. The Sunday will be episode seven. Oh well, then it's almost over. Yes. I did not realize uh, that. I thought it was ten episodes. I didn't know it was just gonna be eight this year. Oh shit. Well yeah, then. Yeah. Um. You you learn you learn something every day. I enjoy uh, it a lot. Um. I don't think anything will ever be as magical as that first season. That first season of Westworld was something else. Uh. But but I really I'm really I, I think the season's better than the second season, and I really enjoy it so far. So. Hmm. Um. You can definitely tell though that they put a lot of money in the season. That might be why it's shorter. Yeah, how do you feel so, about uh how do you feel about Aaron Paul's addition to the show? I think he's great. I think he's great to be honest. Um Yeah. He's got some he's got some chops. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, uh, I would agree with that. I think he's been a pretty solid addition to it. Uh I'm curious to see what they're where they're gonna go with his character. Um, um I think uh with, they haven't done with, much with, Yeah, go ahead, sorry. 
no, I was saying like with what the, with with what's happening in the current story, I need to catch up. So obviously, I'm a little behind. But yeah, yeah, it's um, you know, his character is is gonna be. It'll be interesting to see where they go with it. But yeah, go I, feel, ahead. I feel like they haven't done much with Jeffrey Wright this season, um, uh, Bernard. But um, yeah, uh, he hasn't. I feel like he hasn't been in it too much. Um, so I'm curious to see if these next two episodes he's gonna be in it more or what. What's the deal? It really feels like uh, Dolores really took set to stage, like even more so than even before, and she was pretty important before. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Definitely. But yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. And hopefully, season four. I don't know where it's gonna go because. The way they're setting yeah, things up, but yeah, we got we got to wait and see uh, how season three ends, you know. Mm-hmm. But I am enjoying it so far, so yeah, cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Uh, so now we go into the Star Wars things. I have, a, I have the rest of it is the rest of this uh, thing is just all Star Wars because gotcha. we have we have a bunch of Star Wars news for, for some reason this week. Uh, uh, the Mandalorian season three is already in the works at Disney Plus, so sense. we don't. Yeah, we don't have uh, season two out yet, obviously, but it's not uncommon for them to work on the next thing before the current thing is even out. Um, they do that all the time, especially with the animated stuff, because uh, animation takes forever. So, you know, they're always like a step ahead of where they, you know, of where we are currently. But uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. They've been writing season three for a while now. Is what John Favreau said, uh, and the art department, uh, led by Doug Chang, has already been creating concepts for season three for the past few weeks. Uh, they started pre-production and are looking into further adventures for the Mandalorian in season three. Uh, they began working on season three on April twentieth. Uh, <clears throat> they re- apparently the the the. the the design uh, department requires a huge lead time, uh, which is why they have started to grind really early on. Uh, obviously, they wrapped season two already. They're they're like you know working on you know the post and, and all that stuff. Uh, and I'm I'm glad they managed to wrap up filming and everything before the whole before the Rona and everything happened. Uh, yeah. But they've been teasing season two here and there. We've been talking about it here every week too, because there's always some kind of news that happens from it, like casting news and you know rumors of who's gonna appear and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, um, very very exciting. I can't wait to see season two. Can't wait to see season three when that comes out. I'm, I'm well. This this makes me wonder. It makes me curious. How many seasons do they have planned for this? Because I I, 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 I kind of want this show to go on for a long time, but at the same time, I don't want it to be one of those shows that just goes on forever and doesn't know when to end. Yeah. Um. So I kind of want them to do like, you know, obviously I always want the creators to to take their story wherever they want to take it and make it go for all, as long as they want it to go on for. But I kind of said the same thing about Walking Dead, and look at Walking Dead now, dude. I just, uh... <laughs> I think... and yes, I know it's gotten better at people, but I, I, I dropped off of it anyway. Um, go ahead. I, I think uh, 
If it was me, I'd probably aim for five, maybe six seasons. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What would you... What If you had a guess, See, what, that's, what would you hazard a guess that seems That seems like a good number, but at the same time, like, I, I want more than that, you know? I know, I, just, I, I know. Because I love this shit so much, dude. It's so good. It, it is, like, literally my favorite piece of... Uh, fucking anything in like a long time dude like i my favorite my certainly my favorite star wars since rogue one it's and, probably one of the first shows in a while where i've been like i can't wait i gotta i'm like sitting there just like is it is it up yet can i watch it can i watch it yet is a new episode out yet can i watch you know what i mean like just yeah. fucking anticipating it so hard yeah man it's waiting every i remember waiting every friday being like uh, fucking midnight i'm like is, is it up yet and then sometimes i'd be like motherfucker it's it's like fucking 12 30 and this shit ain't up yet What's yeah wrong with but, you guys, yeah man? exactly exactly right where you is know? it you're or killing it's like me 12 1241 um, but again, that's just because I love Star Wars so much, and I just I'm all about it. And and these this this arc has been like I mentioned earlier has been incredible. But yeah, I can't wait for Mandalorian. It is uh, yeah, absolutely my favorite Star Wars thing since Rogue One. One of my favorite Star Wars things ever. Uh, it, it's it's crazy to me how much more I care about these characters in eight episodes than I ever cared about the sequel trilogies and characters in like three movies. Uh, you know, it's just it just shows you the like difference of like I don't know, but uh, again, the sequels have a lot of issues, and uh, you know, it, making us like not really. I, well, I say us as in those of us who don't like are not like huge fans of the sequels, but obviously there's people who are. Mm-hmm. But like for those of us who are not like super huge on them, like they just. There's a lot of things that they failed to do that the Mandalorian like easily does. Like for me, I think the Star Wars sequels try very hard to act like and be Star Wars, whereas I feel like the Mandalorian is easily without even tr- well, I don't know if without even trying is the right word, but like easily like without a doubt so very Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like it just feels like Star Wars like from from like all of it like it's it's incredible man but anyway i can't wait for season three i uh the team of of filoni and favreau is they they are what we need in star wars right now so i'm absolutely very very happy i was very happy with season one uh can't wait for season two and season three now so pretty much agree with everything you just said when it comes to to, to the mandalorian absolutely uh, speaking of Mandalorian, we talked about last week how they're going to be doing a documentary uh, series for it, and uh, they dropped the trailer for it. Uh, so we can uh, check this out here. There it is. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I I love watching behind the scenes stuff for Star Wars because it is so um 
very, for a lack of a better term, very fucking fascinating. Like, yeah, it is. It is so interesting to see how they get shit done for these movies and, and shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's so cool, man. Like I I I love it so damn much. And seeing how they do stuff here and for this show, like in this little trailer here, is so awesome. Like how they have like the screens and stuff in the background, and you get to see the child as you know the little puppet. Uh, and the, like the things I love about these are usually just their mindsets when they talk about the decisions they made and why. Um, which is because it looks like they're having a round table there of discussion. Yeah, I was gonna like, say they have they have that. a direct they have a director's round table, which is fucking cool. I, I yeah, that's I can't wait, man. It's gonna be an, an eight episode, an eight part uh, docu series for season one. Uh, very, very, very much looking forward to this. They're gonna air it on Star Wars Day, which is about uh, a week and two days from now. Uh, from this recording. So very very excited about that. I I, I cannot wait, man. I cannot wait. Right. It's very cool. I, I want to hear like the process of like, I mean they kind of talk about here in this trailer a little bit, but like you know using IG Eleven and you know to to go along with the Mandalorian because obviously it's very like very very similar to like having Boba Fett and IG eighty eight, you know, and just. I want to see Gina, like, you know, f- film her fight scenes and, like, look at that. There's a fucking Mandalorian Death Watch there from the fucking, you know, the flashbacks and stuff. I, I was just sitting here thinking, man, it must be cool to be that guy and get to be a fucking Star Wars and get to be the fucking, whatever, Mandalorian fucking dude. Right? In armor oh, and be on. How imagine, how hype would you be? I'd be fucking hype as shit, dude. Hell, hell yeah, dude. I mean, it'd be, it'd be the best. Uh, but yeah, May the 4th this uh this year this this week not this week in two weeks in a week and a half or no a week and two days is what i said right coming coming soon <laughs> coming really a week a week and two days i'm all over the place because because uh, i'm so excited for this that's yeah. why I, I really can't wait we're getting like the clone wars finale i think and then like this the same day which is or not i'm not not the same day but like the same weekend or whatever yeah but i'm like yeah i i, I can't wait man I, I seriously cannot wait it's so fucking good um anyway moving on to other star wars stuff um the cassian andor rogue one prequel has cast two more people to the show oh damn uh denise go i think is how you pronounce her last name uh it's denise g-o-u-g-h no, G O U G H. Who? Guess who she is, by the way. Who? She is the voice, or yeah, the voice actress for Yennefer in The Witcher Three. Oh. So, her, this 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 actress, she's being in. She's gonna be a part of the Cassian Andor uh, show. Um, the Rogue One prequel, and in addition to her, they're bringing back. Uh, a character who's already been in uh, an actress who's already been in Star Wars, Genevieve O'Reilly, who some may know as Mon Mothma from Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One. So Mon Mothma obviously is is makes sense to come back to the show. I'm very curious who uh, Denise is going to be. Obviously, I mentioned I just mentioned that she was the voice of Yen in, in uh, The Witch Three, mm-hmm. but this but this is a live action show, so I'm curious who she's going to be in this. 
because uh, I don't know. Maybe she'll be another rebel. Maybe she'll be. I don't. I, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who she, who she is. She's been uh, in some live action stuff. She's been in like like a few different things. So yeah, she's been in. Uh, yeah, she has been actually. She could be a droid if she did something with her voice, but yeah, she I could guess. be. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. There there are no details for her character yet. Uh, but um, yeah, really cool. I really like that Mon Mothma is coming back. I think Mon Mothma is like really key in this time period. We uh, heard more things. <laughs> uh this by the way this the, the series is supposed to take place five years before rogue one so if rogue one takes place right before a new hope uh this show is going to be five bby which is five years before the battle of yavin five years before a new hope uh which puts it puts it at an interesting time period because for those of you like me who are huge star wars nuts uh, and are knowledgeable about uh, the timeline of Star Wars. Five BBY is the same year that Rebels starts this TV show. So it's like the same year that like Ezra joins the Rebels crew. It's the same year that Jin Erso is abandoned by Saw Gerrera. Uh, some interesting things ha- interesting things happen. Uh, this year so yeah the first season the rebels happens here and you know interesting interesting things uh apparently it's the same year that beaumont kin who is the famous uh character from the the rise the, the last what is what's the fucking the rise of skywalker fucking uh what's his name uh mary from lord of the rings that's the year he was born too apparently beaumont kin uh so yeah uh yeah five years before Rogue One, interesting, interesting point in the timeline. Uh, I have not been the most excited for this show, but it is Star Wars, so I am still like, even though I'm not like super hype about it, I'm I'm still like, you know, it's Pretty still Star Wars, so yeah. like, I'm 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 still interested in it, but I'm not. It's not like the most exciting thing for me, but I will say that these casting announcements have kind of made it a little bit more interesting, like. Yeah. Not not only are they adding Mon Mothma to this, Denise Go, but I last week we also talked about them adding Stellan Skarsgård and Kyle Soller too. So they're they're at they're they're building up the cast here, which is a pretty uh pretty neat, pretty interesting. I I kind of hope they give it a name already, just so I don't I don't have to keep calling it the Cassian Andor show or the Rogue One prequel. Like just give it a fucking name already, man. What would you That's call my it? only. You give it a name. What would you call it? I don't know because I don't know what the I don't know I don't know what they're like. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be like an actual Rogue One prequel or if it's gonna be the Cassian Andor show. You know what I mean? Like that. There's a distinct thing between the two. Like <laughs> the Cassian Andor show sounds like fucking the Carol Burnett show. Yeah, right. Like something, uh... that, like something out of the '80s, like the Mary Tyler Moore show or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I mean, like I, I'm. I'm just saying that as like an example. Like, like I don't know like what they're what the focus of the show is gonna be, so I wouldn't know what to call it yet. You know. I don't know. I hope it's. I imagine it's gonna be dark and gritty, right? Like, I feel like they kind of say. Oh him up yeah. I, I feel like it's gonna be like you remember at the beginning of Rogue One when we first yeah. met Cassian, and, and he like straight up shoots the dude. Instantly you know? makes him super interesting right off the bat. Yeah. Like if we, see, I feel like we're gonna see more of that in this show. You know. Yeah, I want to. I want to see it. I want to see them get into Cassian's separatist backstory too, because he grew up as a separatist in a, in a separatist family, so he was not 
on the Republic side of things during the Clone Wars. And he did mention in the movie Rogue One that he was he's at a certain point he goes, I've been in this fight since I was six years old or whatever. So mm-hmm. he's uh he's he's been a, he's been fighting the, the the stormtroopers or clone troopers for a long time. Uh which I kinda hope they get into that because I don't know why they didn't put that in the movie, man. Like they they mentioned it in like one of the books or something that he was a separatist. I'm like, why 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 wouldn't you put that in the movie? He's so cool, man. Yeah. I I love shit like that, man. So yeah, hopefully they get into that. Uh but yeah. I I'm getting a little bit a little bit more enthusiastic about this show. Um uh, but yeah, my only thing is just give it a name already. Wh- whatever you guys are calling it, just give it a name. Uh, so I don't have to keep calling it the Rogue One prequel or the Cassian Andor show or the fucking Cassian and K2 variety hour or whatever the <laughs> fuck you want. Whatever the hell, you know? The last piece of Star Wars TV news that I have here is that there is a new Star Wars series in the works uh, from Russian doll co-creator Leslie Headland. Uh, the plot and everything is, you know... Obviously, in the in in the in you know under wraps, but sources say it is a female-centric series that takes place in a different part of the Star Wars timeline than other projects. Uh, Headland is supposed is attached to write and serve as the showrunner of the series. Um, so we don't know how much about this, obviously, because it just broke. Like, I think I want to say a few days ago. The twenty second, so yeah, it was it broke on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I have not seen Russian Doll yet. The show, it's a, I know it's a Netflix show. It's critically acclaimed though, uh, and I hear good things about it, but I haven't seen it yet. I've been, I have it on my list. I've been wanting to check it out. This makes me want to check it out even more now that I know that that she's doing a new Star Wars show. The thing that I find interesting is that besides you know it being a female centric thing, is that it's going to be take place in a different part of the star wars timeline so what this tells me is that we're not going to be in the same old like in 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 the skywalker saga timeline if you if you get what i'm saying yeah we're not going to be in the episodes one through uh nine timeline we're going to be somewhere different you know what i mean which is exciting do you think really old or far in the future I think if anything, they probably go back in time. Go back. Yeah, they usually I, go back because because honestly, I don't know if they want to go too far into the future because that kind of like limits on what they can do in the future. Mm-hmm. Although if they go like far into the future, then they'll be okay. But I don't know. I feel like if anything, they'll go back because they did. They are doing the High Republic stuff now, yeah. which is two thousand years before the episode one. So I feel like. If anything, they'll go into the into the past. How far back into the past? I don't know, but that is interesting. I do find it interesting that we are going to be doing a show that is uh, in a different part of the timeline. Um, but there's a video here in this article from Variety that they interviewed her as she was on the blue carpet of the Rise of Skywalker about like hypothetically being like what if you directed a Star Wars movie or something like what would like do you have ideas or something like that and uh it's interesting how now she's going to be doing the show so again i don't know she, the thing that i find interesting is that she doesn't she says she she says she does not have a favorite Star Wars movie she just loves all of Star Wars so 
because most of the time people you ask somebody and they're like oh my favorite movie is empire or my favorite movie is this or that right mm-hmm. but she's like i don't have a favorite movie star wars is just star wars you know so and she, and she says that she's had ideas in her head for star wars stuff since she was you know young so we'll see i i, I I'm, I'm curious this makes me want to watch russian doll even more now now that i know she's working on uh, some star wars stuff yeah. so yeah I, I, I don't know. I'll have to report back after I watch uh, Russian Doll. See what I think about that. Let me let me know if it's any good. I haven't checked it out yet either. Yeah, yeah. I hear I hear nothing but good things, but I haven't seen it yet. So I will definitely check that out uh, at some point. Cool. That's all I got for TV, though. Uh, if you got anything, if mm. not, we can move on to the movie stuff. I don't I don't have a whole lot for movie stuff either. Just a few couple a couple things here. I do not believe I have anything for le television. That's fine. We can just move on. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh, other than, I feel like we already knew this, but maybe we didn't. That uh, Castlevania Season 4 is already in the works. Did we already know that? I think we did. But I think I we don't did then. For some reason it's on here again. Yeah, uh, either way, Castlevania makes sense. It's it's a, it's a check game. it out. I still haven't watched it. I need to. <laughs> oh, you, you got to. It's, I, I, yeah, I, I, I like that one. I like that. If, if they made more... If Netflix did more animated shows like that, like for other properties, like if they made like a Zelda show like that, obviously not as like bloody and gory and like sexual and stuff, but like oh man, I'd be I'd be in that Zelda show. I mean, <laughs> I mean a lot of people would, but like all I'm saying is like if they did it like kind of like not necessarily in that style or vein, but like if they did it similar to that, you know, like like yeah, the animation no. style, like if they did it like that, I'd be fucking sick dude prepare for link like you've never seen him before right he's over there fucking he's in bed with like four chicks (laughs) yeah yeah, right (laughs) oh jesus i showed them my triforce or whatever the fuck (laughs) yeah that'd be great Uh, yeah but if they did that with more properties that'd be sick like i'm really looking forward to the new uh the Kevin Smith Masters of the Universe show that we talked about in the past. Yeah. I can't wait for that, dude. That's going to be sick. The voice catch of that show is incredible. But uh, anyway, uh, moving on, I guess, to the movie news. Uh, this isn't necessarily movie news, but I thought it was fun. James uh-huh. Gunn tweeted out Meredith Quill's Complete Awesome Mix. Oh, that's cool. Which is, a, which is apparently a master list of songs that he considered for the soundtracks of Guardians 1 and 2. And he says, I'm not promising I won't use these in future films, but with, you know, the quarantine going on, he's like, let me just put out Peter Quill, mom, Peter Quill's mom's music list. So if you guys are interested in that, you can look it up. I posted the link for those of you who are here live in the chat. It's a Spotify playlist with a bunch of, uh, bunch of music that may or may not appear in the future Guardians movie. So there it is. Some interesting uh interesting stuff there if you if you're a, a fan of music. Music. Oh, I always think of that. Uh, <laughs> that moment from King of the Hill where fucking Dale's like music. Just music. <laughs> do you remember that episode? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I do. It's the episode where he's in the mall or he's in like the store trying to he thinks Chuck Mangione is in the store 
and like living Chuck under Mangione. Yeah, do you remember? Do you remember that? Oh, <laughs> like they man. hire him as an exterminate. This is such a weird thing to talk about. <laughs> they, king of the hill, man. There yeah, king of the hill. He thinks Chuck Mangione's in the store. And it turns out he's actually right. So spoilers for King of the Hill. <laughs> Chuck Mangione is indeed in the story. Okay. Yeah, we're King of the Hill spoilers, yeah. Guys, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, oh man, Chuck Mangione. Chuck Mangione, you know, the greatest... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh shit, God. Dude. I don't... That episode... I, that, that moment just sticks in my mind for some reason. I think because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> Chuck Mangione. So we're going to have a, a Chuck Mangione episode of the podcast. Oh, King of the Hill episode. I'm down. King of the... Uh, t- God damn it, Bobby. God, that boy ain't right. I sell propane and propane accessories. If you've never seen King of the Hill, younger generation, go do yourself a favor. King of the Hill is good stuff, man. Go watch it, it and it's, figure it's out. A, it's a fun, stupid show. And man. be prepared to hate Peggy Hill a hell of a lot, because Jesus Christ, I can't stand her. <laughs> She's so annoying. Anyway, that was weird. Moving uh, on. <laughs> yes. Uh... uh the Venom sequel has been delayed to 2021, and it has an official title now. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what it is or no? I did, uh, but it slipped my mind at the moment. <laughs> okay, so Venom: Let There Be Carnage uh, will now uh, come out June 21st, 2021. It was supposed to come out on October 2nd this year, but it's been bumped to 2021 in the summertime. So Venom, Let There Be Carnage is the name. Uh, what do you think? I think, it's not, I think it's not bad. I, I feel like, I, I think Majin was saying like, it would have been better if they did like Maximum Carnage or something like that. But, I'd be like Carnage Unleashed or some crazy shit like that. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. I think it's a fine name. It's it. okay. Yeah, I think it's I'm fine. Not, I'm not uh, crazy over it. I'll just be honest, but it's okay. Uh, I probably can't fine. do much better. <laughs> I think it's kind of hard to do it. I make a yeah, title a, a lot of people, have, or a lot of studios, have been like shifting their uh, their movie release dates and, and stuff. As we all know, everything has been getting pushed back and whatnot. And you know, it, it's it, it's it, it's you know something that uh, obviously we know has been happening for a while now. Is that everything is getting pushed back, and that's going to continue for. I don't know how long. Hopefully, not much longer. But stuff's getting pushed. So this year, this year is getting fucked, dude. You know what's stuff gonna be? Is- this is gonna be over, and we're gonna have the longest dry spell of literally nothing. Really? <laughs> and it's gonna be weird. How bad would it suck if this stuff ends like next month or whatever? Hopefully, it's over like next month. I mean, I don't know if it is or not. We we, we would obviously. love for it to be, but. If it's over next month, and then like fucking, all right, we have nothing coming out for the rest of the year. <laughs> it's like shit. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Right. Uh, but that's no, it. Makes but... you think about how like throughout the year you're hit with thing after thing after thing after thing, right? Like it's almost nonstop mm-hmm. of of things coming out. There's almost never a dry time, dry spell. They all like plan it out with each other too. It's like all right. Like, like during this, like for Star Wars, like when the sequels are coming out, people were like, well, fucking Star Wars is coming out in December. Let's put something like not in December or if we do like at the end of December or at the beginning of December, because we don't want to bump into that Star Wars money, you know, because, yeah. you know, uh, Star Wars or Star Wars is going to be taking our money if we if we fucking put it near that. Um, 
or like for like May, the Avengers or April, it's like, well, Avengers is coming out this month. We got to either do it at the beginning of the month or fucking move it to something else, you know? So mm-hmm. it's funny too, because I've never really thought about it before all this happened, but now I'm thinking about it more. Yeah, man. No, it's, it's, yeah, for sure. My theory is, my thing is that I saw a report where like people were saying that even after this is over, mm-hmm. they're still going to like, just stay at home and watch movies and stuff instead of going out to the theater and stuff, which that's, that's going to hurt movie theaters, man. That's going to yeah. hurt movie theaters real, real bad, dude. Like, it, I feel like they were already kind of on a, on a decline, like that kind of stuff. But this thing is like expediting the, uh, the, the rapidness of like just movie theaters not being as popular as they used to be, you know? It, it may be the which end. I hope, I kind of hope not. No, I hope not. I like going to the theater, man. I really do like going to the theater. I don't go often, but when I do go, it's it's a it's a awesome time. I, I I love being. I I know it's not not a not a you know, some you don't you don't want to hear me say this, but I like I like being in with large crowds of people watching movies. Okay, because it's it's a fun time when you have a great crowd. Yeah. In a, in the theater, man, and you're I all don't disagree. To it and watching it, you know. Watching watching Infinity War and Endgame in theaters with crowds of people was awesome. It's 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 one of it's one of the best experiences, man. Like, like I, I always go back to uh, 2015. I was at Star Wars Celebration. I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but go I ahead. always we've had a few. <laughs> April 2015 or April 2015. Uh. Anaheim over here in, 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 in LA. I was at Star Wars Celebration, which was the first Star Wars celebration under Disney, I believe, since since uh you know Lucasfilm or was, was purchased by Disney. Mm-hmm. And that was the year that we got the Chewie Were Home trailer. Yes. For The Force Awakens. I was in the room with all of those people that got to see that trailer for the first time. And let me tell you, the energy of that room is unlike any, it's one of the like experiences that I'll remember like forever, dude. Like, yeah, it was, it was at a different time in the, in, in the unit. It was a different time in the universe. (laughs) It was, it was a different time in star Wars because up until that point, the last Star Wars thing we'd gotten was Clone Wars a few years like in the before that. Like it had ended like a, cu- a couple of years before because, you know, Disney bought Lucasfilm and they, they, they canceled it and all that stuff. We hadn't had a we had not had a movie since Revenge of the Sith in 2005. So it had been 10 years since we had had a Star Wars movie in theaters. And it, it just felt like a, it was just a different time, dude. Like. It's not like nowadays where people are fighting over shit all the time about Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Like everybody has their own opinions about it now, but in 2000 in 2015 everybody was on, I feel like was on the same team. Like Star Wars is back, dude. Like we're getting we're getting a new movie this year with Force Awakens and like like it, celebration was that year was was incredible, man. Like I I I'm always going to love that 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 celebration because it was just it's it's going to be hard to top the anticipation of the force awakens, man. Cause again, it'd been 10 years since anything star Wars or, or a movie, I should say, but like just being in that room 
with all those people watching that trailer on that big ass screen just looking around and seeing people like fucking cry and like lose their minds and like like it was it's not it's not watching a movie in a theater but it's like you're still in a room in a darkly in a in a you know dark room with a big ass screen watching something that no one has ever seen for the first time and then they're like after it was over they're like how about we watch it again and we're like fuck yeah let's watch it again dude we saw the trailer twice in a row and it was just it's it, it, again it's just one of those experiences that like you just you just never forget man like i just simply incredible dude like i i, I want to go back to that because it's it's, it's it, was, it, was, it was it was a good time man but but yeah those are the types of experiences and feelings that like you don't get like all the time man and i feel like going to the theater is a little is, is is that to a lesser extent because that was just like I think it's like once in a lifetime that thing that I would experience that I was talking about because it's hard to top this that Star Wars hype for Force Awakens like I said but going to a theater every time you go to it watching the movie for the first time with with people like I'd imagine those like I, I don't normally I don't go to those midnight showings for movies or, or like I guess nowadays it's like the what the seven p.m. ones or whatever yeah like the, the Thursday nights at seven p.m. So like I don't go to those. But I'd imagine that like you get the hardcore of the hardcore people, like like for like that's in the end game, like the hardcores were lined up at seven p.m. on Thursday night whenever that movie came out, right? Yeah, they they were there. You're 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 gonna get the the absolute best crowd you can get, you know. Like if you're not like the, not not being at the premiere, because obviously the premiere, those who are those enough who are lucky to go to premieres for movies that's probably like the best crowd you can get but like going to opening night thursday 7 p.m for like an avengers type movie or anything like that that's like that is an experience right there man that is some good shit i remember one of my best movie experiences was watching the winter soldier in 2014 when that came out because i was in a crowd of people um who didn't know that bucky was going to be the winter soldier yeah because obviously they're not like me or other people who know from the comics or from like you know the games or whatever that that he was gonna be uh you know so yeah i i just that i always like in terms of like movie experiences winter soldier was one of my favorite ones because that shit was dope dude but anyway i I went off a little bit of a tangent point is hopefully movie theaters don't go away because it is a wonderful experience watching something with a group of other people for the first time you have a shared experience with all these strangers that you know you guys will remember for like you know however long you want to remember it you know it's 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 it's, it's a beautiful thing man it's a beautiful thing movie movie going and, and theater watching or watching stuff in theaters i should say yeah so hopefully beyond this corona covid19 shit theaters will will still hold up and 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 you know hang around uh and all that stuff because i feel like movie theaters are important uh for that reason for the reasons that i was saying a good sense of community yeah being together yep uh movies going to the movies is like a like it's bonding time like like i go with my dad's my dad and my nephew nephews um like when force awakens was in theaters that's who i went with 
because uh, we all love Star Wars, and it's just like, yeah. man, and like, like, yeah, we can watch movies at home, but going to like the theater, it was just such a good bonding moment with everybody together. So yeah, exactly. Like, like for me, I would always go with my dad, right? Because mm-hmm. he's the one. He's the one that got me into Star Wars. Like, obviously, like he got me into a lot of stuff that I'm that I'm into, obviously. But like, like Star Wars is, is like the thing he and I like bond a, a lot about. So. Yeah. Like every time there's a new movie, I always go with him to watch it, you know. So yeah. it's it's uh, for the first time. So it's 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 yeah. We definitely good, don't want good, him to go stuff. away. We do not want him to no, go away. No, no, no. Um. But yeah, well said. That was very good. Um. Just a, l- a little bit of a tangent there for you guys. A little bit of a little thing, but it happens from time to time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, where where were we? Uh. We were in movie news. <laughs> movie news. We're not done yet. We were talking about Venom 2, and then somehow we got onto that yeah, thing, Movie theaters, uh, yeah. That tangent for movie theaters. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming pushes Doctor Strange 2 to 2022 as Disney and Sony team on release date changes. Uh, so there's going to be some Marvel movie changes. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, the third one, uh, whatever it's going to be called, in the... The, the third movie in the, the Tom Holland trilogy uh, is coming out May or May, November 5th, 2021, instead of their July 16th uh, original date. Uh, and then they all, Disney also announced that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness would no longer be on November 5th, 2021, because obviously Spider Man is taking that slot now. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're bumping up, or no, they're, they're bumping back, not up. I saw March and thought they were bumping it back or up, but they're moving it back to 2022. Uh, so originally, Doctor Strange 2 was going to come out on 2021, but now it's coming out in 2022. Uh, and we have to keep in mind that Disney is co-financing the next Tom Holland Sony Spider-Man movie at 25%. So he'll appear in another Disney Marvel movie, which obviously we don't know of yet. But... um. Uh, in other Spider-Man news, Sony also reported that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2, or the sequel, is opening on October 7th, 2022, instead of April 2nd, or April 8th, uh, 2022. So lots of movies getting bumped. Um, <clears throat> Taika Waititi's Thor Love and Thunder originally was supposed to come out on February 18th, moves up a week uh, to pre-Valentine's Day. Uh, what else we got here? Uncharted will open up. Tom Holland's Uncharted will open up July 16, 2021, which moved up from October 8th, 2021. Uh, and just a bunch of other movies are, are getting shifted around, which obviously makes sense because of what's going on, like I said earlier. But, uh, yeah, that's that's it for those movies. Uh, the final thing that I have here is more movies being pushed back. Uh, Mission Impossible Seventh is being Mission Impossible Seven is being pushed pushed back for months. Um, it was supposed to, or it will open now on November nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Uh, it was originally slated for July twenty third, twenty twenty one, and now. That date, twenty July twenty third, twenty twenty one, is gonna or gonna be the uh, the one for the Tomorrow War, which is uh, a sci fi movie starring Chris Pratt, uh, 
which was supposed to come out later this year, but obviously it's you know being bumped. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the movie, mm-hmm. is being bumped from November nineteenth, twenty twenty one. To May twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. That was gonna be our debut. Goddamn it! <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> we were all gonna be on screen. That's the announcement, guys. We were gonna be in that movie. No, I'm kidding. That would be, be so bad. Yeah, yeah. We're we're in the D and D movie. Uh huh. Everybody's in it. Every, everybody. We got Jedrick. Yeah. You know, we have, I'm in there as a cameo. No. As a cameo. Uh, I'm the fat yeah, so, dude with a with a hood on. <laughs> so the. D- the movie's been bumped from November 19th, 2021 to May 27th, 2022. Mission Impossible 8 has also been impacted. Uh, it was coming out November 4th, 2022. Or it is coming out now November 4th, 2022 instead of August 5th, 2022. When I read off these dates, it seems like 2022 is like so long from now, but it's only two years away. Yeah, it's, it's not as far as you think. Yeah, when I read it, it's like, man, that seems like that's going to take a while for us to get there. I look at the date. Nope. We're, we're, we're only two years away from that. <laughs> we're like a month short of being halfway through with this shit year, so. Yeah, dude, with this piece of shit year, right? But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. It's just dates being shifted and, you know. Things being sense. pushed back. Things being pushed, things being moved. That's it. Uh, that's all I got. So not, right. there's not a whole lot of news going on right now, but, uh, you know. That's to be expected of, uh, because of what's happening. So that's why it's also okay for us to get into a little bit of tangents here and there, because you know. Yeah, we gotta fill time. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's 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 not a, there's not a whole lot going on right now. So yeah, we gotta we gotta chat, videos. man. We gotta give you a good show, and sometimes just being random and ranting and talking about the things we love is why you're here. So yeah, such uh, as the fucking uh, yeah. the Chuck, King of the Hill, special, Chuck Mangione, right? man, he's coming. Yeah, Chuck Mangione from King of the he's Hill, he's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, fucking Chuck Mangione, I can't. <laughs> oh uh, god. Oh my lord. That's Chuck Mangione music. So, so, so we good then? You want? No, we we can move on. No, I was just wondering because I don't know if you had anything else. Oh okay. no, you took the only so, thing I had, which was the Dungeons and Dragons bit. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, cool, cool. So we are gonna be heading into the main topic now. Yep. Which is uh homebrewing in D and D and uh which you know talking about Dungeons and Dragons, that that's a perfect segue into our main topic. Uh, yeah. Uh homebrewing, which is something that I am not too familiar with. Like I, I or I, sh- I should say something that I'm not too experienced in because yeah, you're more familiar with it than you think. Yeah, I, I, I'm I am familiar with it, but it's not something that I necessarily have messed around with. I should say uh, a whole lot of. Uh, so it'll this will be uh, just as in a learning and interesting uh, episode for me as it will for all of you out there who are watching. Which uh, thank you for watching. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is gonna be an, an interesting one. So thanks for uh, joining us here. Yeah, guys. Uh, but without further ado, I'll let Josh uh, take it away from here. Cause uh, so, yeah, I wanted to do more prep for this. Unfortunately, I got really busy and didn't get to as much as I wanted to. Uh, but I have an article here that I'm just gonna I'm gonna read it because they do a really nice job of explaining it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the the website. It's called Cats and Dice. 
Cats.com. Cats and dice. Uh, I was like, where's, where's a good place that summarizes what this is? And this kind of kind of does it um, fairly well. There's the link in the chat if anybody that wants to look at it. But homebrew D&D 5e, what does it all mean? So, so they have an article on here. Um, and it, here's a short definition of homebrew as it relates to Dungeons and Dragons. Any content within a Dungeons and Dragons game that cannot be found in an official rulebook is technically homebrewing. Um, and how do you know if it's official? Well, if it's published by the Wizards of the Coast. So, really, almost pretty much our entire D&D game is homebrew. It's homebrew. Exactly. Right. Uh, the world is my world. I made it. That's homebrew. Um, Daniel, when you made your background for Jedrick, I you was going to say it. I did, yeah. I, I, I technically did, yeah. Because um, I chose a, a background that was not, you know, uh, a ordinary one. Exactly. So, in, in other words, any unofficial content is homebrew. Um, uh, uh, it's worth noting that you can create your own campaign and, or your own one-shot and have that be the only thing that's ever homebrew. Uh, many games that are available on the Dungeon Masters Guild. For those of you that don't know what the Dungeon Masters Guild is, it's a place for people who make their own content and put it up there either for sale or for free so they can uh, make a few bucks off their hobby. Um, there's a lot. Go check it out. The dungeon, DMsguild.com. DMsguild.com. Um, there is a ton of things on there for free and, and stuff you can pay for that just adds so much to your D&D games. Um, uh, there's items, there's maps, there's new classes, there's all sorts of things on there. So, um, there's, so. uh, yeah, so in, in the article, it, it talks about like, you know, a few different things like, uh, Starting small, you know, getting feedback, using others' content first. Yeah. But, but yeah, you, you can go ahead and, and talk about that stuff. And um, however order. So I'm just going to give you a few tips uh, for homebrewing stuff. I'm going to give you a few few websites to look at as well. Um, the Unearthed Arcana Reddit, subreddit. I'm going to link it into the uh, chat here. I'm on this website almost every day. Um looking at stuff that people post on there. Do you know you know Toast Knight's Dragon Knight class that he plays in our D&D game? That, that came from Unearthed Arcana. People make... And they take it very seriously over here, by the way. They make their thing. Uh, it can be a class. It can be an item. It can be a monster. It can be a spell. It can be anything. Anything. And they'll post it on Unearthed Arcana, and they'll get feedback on it. Um... Uh, you kind of have to have a little bit of a thick skin. Well, not necessarily a thick skin, but you got to be able to take criticism well. If you yeah, I was gonna say you, you got to uh, take criticism, right? Because uh, yeah, uh, because that's the only way it's gonna get good. See, the biggest thing with homebrewing that you have to be careful with is you want to make something that's cool and awesome, but isn't gonna completely break the game and make it super easy. You know how we talked about mods uh, on the modding yeah. madness episode? That's kind of what homebrewing is for certain things, right? You're taking yeah, something, making it, that, and yeah. putting it in your game. It's a mod without needing mod tools. You just need to understand the system. Um, yeah. uh, and, the, and I think the DMs 
hand guide might go into a bit about homebrewing. It's definitely got stuff about creating your world, which we've had episodes about world building before. Check those out. Um, but uh, let's see, what's some good examples that we use in our game of homebrewing? Well, Daniel's background is completely homebrewed for him. Um, sure is. Um, Garok's sword, the... his magical sword's homebrewed. Yeah, what were you going to say, sir? No, I was looking at the backgrounds when I was creating the character, and I was like, well, I don't really like one in particular, but I like aspects of a couple of these, so I kind of just, like, mm -hmm. mashed them together to make another one. Yeah. But, yeah. That's what homebrewing is. Homebrewing is, like, since we're, since we're big Star Wars nerds, right, uh, let's say I wanted to fit a Jedi into D&D &D somehow. I could homebrew that class. I could make that class. Like, I would need feedback on it to make sure it's fair and balanced, but that's something I could completely do. That's completely within the realm of possibility. I've never made my own class. I want to at some point. I have ideas for, um, uh, for, uh, for classes I want to do. I have an idea for a puppeteer class I want to make that's a bard. Um, that I would really, really, really love to make one day. I've talked to Jake about it a few times, uh, but I've never really done it just because I've never done the, the, I've never done a class. I think taking on a class is kind of a huge undertaking a little bit. Um, I mostly deal with, um, making my own homebrewed world. Um, now I'm more interested in making my own homebrewed gods. Maybe the next time we start a new campaign or something like that, I will have completely homebrewed gods instead of um, instead the of just Egyptian taking the ones. Egyptian pantheon. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I really like making items and weapons. Um, Jake's sword that, uh, that Garuk uses, the Destiny's End, that's completely homebrewed. Um, and, and the thing we should start with is just like, the best way to start homebrewing is to look at what already exists, right? So, right. so when uh, Garuk kind of learned, he was trying to learn some magic. Um, specifically, I think Jake was going for a feat, and while I think a feat is cool, I really wanted to do something for him that's more unique and kind of tailored to Garuk, just for him. So when he hit that last roll on um, on his trying to learn magic roles that we were doing with Fiernan. Yeah. Um, I just gave him a basic form of magic missile to start with until I could homebrew something up for him. Um, he uh, And then I, I worked on making a, a new spell that's just uniquely Guruk. It, it fits his character. Um, right. Uh, it takes the shape of something he's familiar with. It's still kind of magic missile-ish. It's more of like a magic shotgun missile kind of deal um, uh, on, hey take a load of my magic shotgun exactly like it shatters and does like a little bit of AOE damage it's really cool um cool. uh yeah you don't necessarily have to do like a whole class either by the way for homebrewing you can do subclasses that fit within a thing um um I feel like classes like a whole class is like a massive undertaking but a subclass you just kind of got to make it fit, um, like the overall class. Uh, I would like to do that someday. I've never actually done it. Um, but yeah, mostly where I like to homebrew is just items. I really like messing around with different items. Um, I like looking at, uh, 
old items as well and kind of uh, changing and bringing them into the uh, the new world kind of deal. Um, gotcha. uh, the Griffin Saddlebag, by the way, if you guys haven't um, ever heard of it, is a is a fellow that makes just a ton of homebrew items uh, for D and D. He's got his own subreddit uh, called Reddit the Grittis, the Grittit, the Griffins Saddlebag. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna link that in the chat for anybody that's interested in it. Um. Um. Uh, but yeah. The biggest thing is like, um, and this is just goes for D and D in general. Is like steal from the things you love. Yeah. So like, if you like a sword from like Lord of the Rings, for example. Yeah. Look at it. Try to determine what how strong it would be. Does it have any kind of magical properties that maybe in the fiction from Lord of the Rings that that it does? And then right. figure out a way to port it over into D and D, and you can totally do that. Um. What else is there? Um, well, when I make, make new monsters, for example, I'll look at something that already exists similar to what I want. Uh, I think when we first started playing, there was a monster I wanted to make. I never made it, but uh, it was supposed to be kind of like a vampire, but not quite. Um, it ended up being Handsome Bob. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, it was not Handsome Bob. Um, <laughs> Just fucking around. Um, but I had read it in a book uh, that's over there on my desk, but I'm not going to get up on my uh, on my end table, I should say, not my desk, over there. And it was called, like, a vampire. <laughs> and it was almost like a zombie vampire deal that had, like, these slaves that were addicted to its blood. And I was like, how can I put this in D&D? Um... I really wanted to, but I could never find. And so what I did when I wanted to try to put it in there, I never, I never did it. But what I was doing when I wanted to was like I was looking at um, things that might have similar abilities to that that already exist in D and D. I was looking at, I was looking at vampires, right? I was looking at werewolves. I was looking at um, things of those natures, the the were pigs, um, all the things that could like change shape and and dealt with kind of like blood and and then. Um, like charming other creatures kind of deal. Yeah. Um I should revisit that at some point. That'd be fun. Um Uh but yeah. Um I'm going to read some of these tips here on the cats and and dice as well for you. So tip number 1 is use other people's content. Um it says, I know you're excited to get your homebrew content out there. Without a lot of experience, though, it can be difficult to understand what makes good homebrew content. So I'm going to stop there for just a second and talk about the first few things you make. They're probably going to suck. Don't take them personally. You probably don't have a lot of experience doing it. Um, you're going to probably overbalance it and make it too weak, or you're going to make it incredibly far too powerful and break your game. Um... <laughs> Um, that's why a lot of homebrew content people post on Arnath Arcana uh, subreddit and get it tested because people test stuff out there all the time and there's also ways to test it yourself in the book uh, to do that uh, like just sitting there and doing attack after attack after attack and seeing how the dice add up and stuff like that so that's a way that you can do it don't get to see the art and if you're gonna if you, if, if, if you fail the first few times something is like 
but you got to figure out a way to balance it. So let's talk about the next part of this. It says, if you make an item, you want to balance it, right? Don't make yeah. it so overpowered your game no longer has any challenges. Similarly, similarly, you don't want to make a monster that can kill your players in one round or vice versa. As a new player, this is something you might not know how to do really yet. Um, balancing. Yeah. Balancing a monster, even now with all the experience I have, is really hard. And you, you want to know the reason why it's so hard? Is anything that could give you guys a challenge could kill Tyler in one shot. <laughs> So I have to be very careful. Which he's been knocked out a few times. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's still something that's really hard to do because that's the nature of his class is very glass cannon. Um, and I obviously don't want to go around just killing players in one shot. That's going to ruin their fun. Um, so you had to have to figure out a way to give everybody a challenge without necessarily destroying them outright. Is Death is a very real possibility. Yes. I want it to be have meaning and have threat, but I also want it to be fucking fair. I'm not going to go in and be cheap and just knock you out. I might do that on a rare occasions. There might be something that you just run into without enough warning that's just going to obliterate you. It's possible that Jedrick could turn a corner one day and there's a Tarask. How? I don't know, because they're as big as Godzilla, but it could happen. <laughs> and he just gets obliterated in one hit. It could happen. Uh, if if he walks bye right bye past everyone. The, if he walks right past the sign that says caution giant ass Tarasca head and he just blows Tarasca I don't believe that which, do, do, which do, I should do. be able to look up and see it exactly you know. exactly uh, <laughs> um uh but yeah but that's actually the biggest literally that's my biggest challenge every week is trying to figure out a fight that's not going to completely obliterate you guys while still giving you a challenge uh, and that's just a dm thing in general and it's something no, that I, comes with experience i could imagine that's that that is like really really difficult to uh to do for sure i i i couldn't even imagine another thing is we play with six players and so i have to balance for six different players which is also really hard yeah uh, it's funny because i yeah i was saying i could and i can't imagine but you get what i mean like it's 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 something that is definitely a very difficult thing to do because like you said you have all these different classes all these different players and you gotta like make it a challenge or try to make it a challenge for everyone but then if somebody's you know like like you know if you have a character like like Fiernan, then mm -hmm. he's gonna get fucked up all the time, dude. But you know, yeah. it's, I don't know. It's it is tough. I don't uh, I don't envy your uh, your job there with trying to figure all this shit out. Well, here's the thing that that DMs do. Some do, not all of them do this, but sometimes you'll have an encounter and the fight <clears throat> the fight's happening, and you'll notice like, all right, this is way too easy than what I intended it to be. You yeah. kind of have to, or it's too hard. You kind of have to balance in the moment. And the way I kind of do that is I'll either raise XP, XP, HP a little bit on something, or lower HP a little bit on something. If it, it, I want it to fit what it's supposed to be, right? It's not like I'm like, yeah. I'm not cheating to just be like, I want to win because I'm the DM. I don't win. That's not the point. The point is to give you guys a challenge um, and for it to be fun. Um, yeah. I won't always do this, obviously. If you're st raffle stomping a bunch of idiots into the ground, 
sometimes that's what you need in that moment. <laughs> you need to stop and beat the shit out of whatever's coming at you because you're still ultimately heroes in the world. Um, but if you do that all the time, the game's not going to be fun, right? So you got to be careful when you do it. It's a DM tool. I don't use it very often, but it is a thing um, that you can do in the, in the moment just on difficulty. And you can do the same thing on, with homebrews. On the fly, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that's kind of usually the easiest way to adjust an encounter in the middle of a fight is just lower lower HP a bit if the fight's going um, too uh, too too hard or, or raise it up a bit if it's being too easy for you intend. Another thing I've done before, um, I feel like I'm getting a little off topic of homebrewing, but no, go for uh, it. another thing I've done before is I'll just give a monster a weak spot, and you guys are usually pretty good at, at spotting it. You know, I'll kind of draw attention to it's got like a limp on its right side for some reason or something like that. You'll notice. Yeah. And you'll start hitting in that spot and I'll have you do a little extra damage when you do it. Things like that. Um, yeah. To kind of adjust in the moment. Uh, spells. I haven't homebrewed spells too much. Um, I think Tyler does that a lot. And maybe next time we when we start having guests on the show more, we can bring on people like Jake and Tyler and talk about homebrewing some more. But uh, again, um, gotcha. but uh, here's some more stuff on uh, using other co people's contents first. So there's uh, a lot of amazing homebrew content out there already, and to find some of it, you can find them on Pinterest. Uh, you can find them on the DMs Guild. You can find it on Unearth Arcana. I mean, I'm sure you can find them everywhere. Just just about anywhere. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But here's why it's a good idea. You might want to start with that. So when you use someone else's content first that they've made, you will start to understand what makes that content good. Um, mm. And I'm going to use the Dragon Knight class as an example for this because I personally feel that the class that Toast Knight plays um, in, our, in our In Frozen Decimation is probably one of the most balanced homebrews I've ever seen. And the reason it's like that is because the guy that made it put up feedback. The guy that made it made patch notes. The guy that made it updates it and keeps it up to date. It's had so many different versions to its current uh, date. And you can just, when he plays it, you can feel it and see how balanced it really is. Toast is really good at, at maximizing its strengths and minimizing its weaknesses. So it might seem very strong and powerful. But that's because he's played it enough that he realizes how to make the most of it. Um, I really enjoy that class, and I would love to play it if I ever get to be a player in a game. I would love to play a Dragon Knight. Uh, and try out one of the other disciplines, too. Yeah, GM Binder is a good place. There's so many. There's so many places out there where you can find uh, good homebrew content. Um, but D&D Beyond, they have an entire form set out there for homebrew stuff. You can make your own homebrew stuff on D&D Beyond as well, so check that out as well. Uh, the next tip, uh, which is tip number two, which is to start small. Um, change just one thing about an official item or monster and you'll have made your first piece of homebrew content. Uh, if you introduce a healing potion, for example, you might change one of the dice that the player uses to heal, or you might make it a specific, uh, a specific to a certain kind of healing. For monsters, you can change something like is a monster resistant or uh, resistant in or more vulnerable 
do certain things based on your setting. This is something I've done extensively. With I'll grab monsters that my players have played a lot of D and D. Some of them have. They know a lot of the monsters in the rule book. Not necessarily like on purpose. Just you've encountered something enough times, you know how to fight it, right? Um, so I'll go in and I might change yeah. what they're vulnerable to based on their surroundings or uh, make it almost a completely sense. different monster because it's different in my world, right? Um, yeah. Uh, um, and that's not that's not to be like, I want to deprive them of that information, but it makes it a lot more fun. Like, I have a little twist. Like, you thought it was this, but it's not. No, and I mean, <laughs> and it, it makes sense for, you know, it's your world, so things are going to be, you know, things are just going to be different in general. So that makes <laughs> sense to me, at least, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so you can take an animal like a bear and make it, like, ideal for dungeon crawls or graveyards by making it like an undead bear, like a zombie bear. Yeah. Uh... What, changing, what were you saying? No, just changing, like, keeping it, like, the same but different, if and, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, similar, but, like, just modifying or changing a few things here and there to make it, like, unique or just not the usual thing that you would encounter or, no, or not to your usual knowledge. Exactly. But, like, you could take some of the stats from a zombie, right? You could throw yeah. it on the bear. And then you can make the bear, bear vulnerable to radiant damage. Boom. Zombie bear. It's that easy. Um, zombie bear. It's terrifying. Zombie, <laughs> we like zombie to call bear. them the zombie bear. Right here, you've, you've heard of drop bears? There's a zombie bear and it's coming for you. Uh, but yeah, you start small. Something simple like that. Um, uh, something like a magic ring. Very easy magical thing to make. And there's tons of examples of different ones out there. Um, it's messing with the properties of the ring or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, you might have it... Uh, I don't know. You might have a magic ring that lets you, as a reaction, you summon, like, I don't know, porcupine spines all over your body. So when anything <laughs> attacks you for that round, you deal damage to it. Like, you do a D6 or something. Or D4 of just a little extra damage. It's not necessarily the most powerful item in the world. But who cares? It's awesome! You fucking summon spikes out of your skin? You're like a fucking X-Man. Okay? <laughs> like a fucking X-Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's oh, just off shit. the dome. That's off the dome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah, like... Um, uh, <laughs> Wolverine claws. You know? Um, Not only that, but you get the little hair for the round, too. Yeah. Um, whenever, so here's the next tip, which is get feedback. And this is probably the most important thing when you start getting into the things more complicated, things like classes, subclasses, and powerful spells, for example. Um, so whenever we create something on our own, be it an adventure, homebrew content, or anything else, it can help to get feedback from others. After creating your homebrewed content, share it with some trusted friends and D&D &D players for feedback. To get the best feedback possible, ask specific questions about what you want to know. Are you wondering if a monster would overpower your current party? Are you wondering how much your magical item should cost and who it would be ideal for? This is actually really hard. Trying to figure out how much a magical item would actually cost, it, for me, is kind of fairly difficult. And that's why I have you guys find most of them. <laughs> find most of them. That's fair. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Instead of buying them. Yeah, that's um, fair, man. Uh, but the more specific your questions are, the better feedback you'll receive. Um... Um, homebrew content can add a lot of fun and flavor to your D&D &D game. 
As you become more experienced, experience, you'll want new challenges and to try new things. If it's all super overwhelming, don't worry, there's plenty of content to enjoy just in the official books. Just know that whenever you're ready to branch out to something new, homebrewing will be there for you. So I'd, uh, I would think everybody should go out there and check uh, out that website that I, uh, that, 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 that article is on, catsanddice.com. Yeah. Go check it out. They actually gave a link to another great um, article over on dungeonsolvers.com talking about homebrew. It's a heck of a name, man, Cats and Dice. And Cats and Dice. Appreciate you putting that article up, and I hope it's okay that we read it on stream. Because uh, I didn't ask beforehand, and I probably should have. Well, you um, read the whole thing, right? It's fine. Um, but it's it's awesome, awesome content. Go go give them a, a look at. Um, so, so when should you use homebrew? Uh, homebrew should add something to your game that is missing from like the source material. Could be a mechanic, a class, or a race. Uh, or back uh, uh, backstory that gives your players an option to create a unique character. Uh, it could also be a cool item or a monster for the DM to use. Anything in D&D 5e can be homebrewed, but not everything should be. And not mm. every game should necessarily include it. Uh, the, home com the homebrew content that you want to use or have your DM include should fit the overall theme of the game. If your group wants to run a low magic fantasy game, you shouldn't be asking about using futurist, futuristic gun, gun lugging homebrew well, class. Well, right. So. <laughs> Read the that, room. That, that's, that's just like common sense, though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or at least it should be. You would be surprised how many things get overlooked. Uh, <laughs> or people just don't think about it. They're like, I just really want to play this. On the other <laughs> hand, if you have this awesome idea for a skeleton wizard, you should bring that homebrew race to your DM. Uh, uh, this is where homebrew is valuable and precisely the time to use it. You have an idea for a unique character, but the source material material doesn't have anything that works well with it. You brought your you brought the homebrew you found to your DM, and you both think it's well made. Everybody wins. That's another thing I just want to give a tip on, guys. Talk to your DM about what you want to do, about what you want to accomplish, and this just goes in general, not necessarily just the homebrew stuff. Tell me what you I... want. Yeah, I always talk talk to you about everything. Yes. Tell yeah. me what you want for your character. Tell me what items you think are cool. Look in the book. I don't care if you look. Look at the items. Go in there and look and be like, I would like this item at some point if that could happen. Because then I know this is something you want to try to accomplish or shoot for, right? And right. I can give you yep. opportunities to find it. Me just mm -hmm. randomly, randomly rolling on a table for loot for you guys, while fun, is not necessarily always going to give you what you want. So sometimes I'd like to know what kind of items you're interested in. What kind of goals do you have for your character? Do you want to own a castle? Let me know. You know, because I can work that into the game. I can make it happen. I'll give you the goals there. I just got to give you the steps to get there to it, right? I have to give you the quest to get you there. And it's possible that you'll fail and you'll fail achieving that goal. But I, I can never make it happen if I don't know about it. Um, Tyler's talked to me extensively about this. Jake's talked to me extensively about th about this. Daniel has talked to me extensively about what they want to accomplish with their characters. But Toast Knight and Baba, all of them have talked to me at some point about what they want to do with their characters, what their goals are, um, and things like that. Um, so, uh, just, you know, talk to your DMs. People are always afraid to go to their DM. I, I've never understood this. Um, some people are terrified to be like, this is what I want. 
Please make it happen. I want you to do that to me. Please do. Um, make my life easier. Um, I think people get in a mindset where they think it's like the DM versus the player, and it's not like that at all. Or the players versus the DM. For me, I've never seen it like that. Um, we're all telling a story together and having a lot of fun, and I want to help you accomplish your goals. Um, I'm just there to be the challenge so it's fun for you guys to accomplish your goals. Um, that's all. Whenever we nearly have a death or something like that, I might seem calm on camera, or I might seem short on camera, or say something silly. That's because I'm terrified. I don't want anybody to die, but because <laughs> they're having a good time, and I don't want them to die, and it's going to bring the room down. But having death has the it has the it has the matter. It has to have meaning. If it if it doesn't have meaning, then it's just a fucking lie. Um, like the cake, right? Yeah. Um, for for me in my games, so. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, like it has them matter. So here's a, some some a little bit more advice. Um, if it's your first time playing D and D, you should stick with the basics, uh, as there is a ton to take in as a new player. In adding homebrew classes or archetypes on top of uh, already learning a game can make learning even harder. So recommendations are learn the game first and. Yeah, and then continue to add more complex things on top of that. There definitely is a lot to keep track of. Like, I'll be honest. Sometimes I forget that I, 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 I sometimes forget about spells and shit. Dude, I'm just like, well, fuck, I forgot I even had that. Yeah, and I try to use that stuff. I try really hard to remind the players of their abilities, but at the end of the day, it kind of has to be on them. Yeah, I mean, it's I know it's it is it's a lot to keep track of, especially for you because you got like a million different things open and like you gotta you know. They all have like if I have a bunch of monsters and some of them have spells and reactions and I have to be like, oh my god, I have to try to learn all this stuff and run a combat. It can be rough. Yeah, I just yeah. Um. Yeah, I have to. I have what I have to remember to to use more is like um, I gotta look at my uh. My spells more obviously, like I said, but also my um, uh, fucking what are they called? The uh, traits. What is it the, the 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 traits and the feats and stuff like that? Like yeah. I, I gotta, I got I gotta remember that like, because sometimes I I completely fucking forget. Like I'm just like in you know just playing the game or we're like we're like role playing or or doing something and like in in the midst of of, of all of that. I fucking forget that I have like uh all these like um yeah features and traits that 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 like I that I have that I just like that like, are there but I I like you being like you being able to sense like giants or whatever over a certain uh yeah distance for example like I saw, like I saw, I forget about, I forget that I have fleet of foot like like what like I should be using that more yeah you know like there's just just shit that I have that I like. I should be using more. I have pri primeval awareness and like you know, the one that I usually remember is natural explorer because that's like I don't know it's an easy one to remember. But like there's some others and then the greater enemies or the, or the or the favorite enemies I remember too. But like yeah, there's other things here that I'm like fuck I forgot I had that you know, that I should remember to use more. But uh, and yeah. I think that's a thing that even the best of players also do. They'll forget they have certain things, and I can give you tons of examples in like. 
any D and D game show I've ever watched, like Critical Role or uh, The Chain of Acheron or any 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 D and D show you can think of, the players constantly forget they have certain things. You can't help it. It's a lot to keep track of, and mistakes happen. That is part of the game. Of. That is part of the game. It's just like forgetting things. <laughs> like the it's easy to sit there and also because people in the chats for that games right, they nitpick. They nitpick the fuck out of everything. I'm like, it's easy for you to do that when you're sitting there not living in the moment like they are when they're playing the game. It's easy yeah. to sit there and chat and, and chat and nitpick every fucking thing. Every fucking role that gets mistaken. Like, you're not in the game. You're not under the pressure, man. <laughs> like, you're just an observer. Right. So you kind of have to live in it and, and, and to really understand that. That's just my little rant. That I've I've just no, seen yeah, people get sure. so salty in like critical role chat before, and I just think it's ridiculous. Like you're not on camera trying to perform and trying to play like D and D and remember stuff that we forget anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it's just us playing, much less if you're in that kind of setting. Um, but continuing on, creating your own homebrew items is a very fun, is very fun and can make your game feel very unique to your players. However, if you don't know what you're doing, I'd recommend using some pre-made items from the Dungeon Master's Guild or a different book first. This is a great way to see how items interact with the game, as well as how players use those items. You'll get ideas and understand the mechanics before you hit the ground running. Um, uh, but yeah, guys, those are just some tips on the homebrew and stuff. Um, if you're still new to it, look at things that other people make. Um, if you're like brand new to D and recommend just sticking to um, the basics till you kind of learn the game before you start trying to interact a lot of crazy stuff. Like I don't know. Uh, at one point, I was gonna play. I wanted to play like a Native American shaman like character, and I wanted a class that kind of fit him. And there was like a re uh, a reskin and, and like some changes of like a a druid uh, kind of class that kind of fit that character. Um, That's cool. Um, but I was still very, that was still when I was very early into D&D &D and still learning how to play the game. I was like, eh, this is a little much that I'm ready for. Um. Gotcha. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this last little article, which is, what All is, right. what is bad homebrew? This is kind of probably important. Ooh, okay. Um, Here we go. So with this quantity, with the quantity of homebrew that is available to people, the majority of it is pretty bad. Uh, that's just how creating content works. When tons of people take a stab at making something brand new, it will most likely be god-awful the first few times as they learn. Uh, there's absolutely no exception to this rule. I'm no exception to this rule. This is Josh talking. I'm no exception to this rule. Um, uh, for an example of a notoriously bad Chrome uh, homebrew content, check out the dndwiki.com 905 homebrew classes. Now, I'm sure there's some decent options in this giant pile of garbage, but the vast majority of it ranges from completely broken to nonsensical. The unfortunate thing is that when a new player or DM Googles D&D 5e homebrew, there is a good chance that they'll find the D&D wiki and assume that its content is useful or trustworthy. This is not the case, and this, show, this showcases why learning how to spot home bad homebrew is good for to be important. How to spot bad homebrew is going to be important for your future games. Um, so, I, 
And I've seen this linked a few times on Discord before too as well. People link stuff from the D&D wiki. The D&D wiki is just full of garbage, guys. <laughs> like, there's just a lot of hard garbage in there. I'm sure there's some good stuff in there too. Uh, but my recommendation for things are, are things like the DMs Guild, where you can look at reviews for things. Um, the Reddit Unearthed Arcana, where you can see people's feedbacks on things. Um, and things where you get, like, feedback, right? On the D&D Wiki, people just kind of post shit and don't get feedback on it. So, and the reason that's important is balance. Having balance in your game is, a great, in is great for encounter design and making the game run smoothly. However, ensuring that your homebrew, uh, homebrew is balanced against the DM's creatures and encounters is not the, mo is not the most important part of, part of finding quality homebrew. A good DM will be able to work ar around that unless there is some, something that's ridiculously broken. The most important part is ensuring that your homebrew content is not so unbalanced that it will outshine the rest of the party. Being in a game where one person is essentially a broken god and the rest of the group have to sit there and watch is awful. Your character will have all well your characters will have all their own roles and should have all of their own time in the spotlight. Homebrew that is broken enough to take away from this uh, taken away from the others is an enormous issue. Quality homebrew will give you a way to create a character or creature in D&D that's both fair and unique. It should not sacrifice balance to make it more unique. Conversely, if a homebrew is too bland but extremely well balanced, there probably isn't much value to using it. A homebrew should add a lot of flavor to a game. That's why it's both important and difficult to find quality 5e homebrew content. It has to add a lot to the game, but it can't sacrifice the soul of the game to do so. Um, so yeah, guys. There is you some tips on homebrewing. Um, so the Cobalt Press is also an example of, uh, of places that make um, good homebrew content. Um, they have a lot of things on there, so check them out. The Unearthed Arcana Reddit we've talked about. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, another good way to find good homebrew content is find the creators and see if they are talking in like the forums for whatever they're making, um, or on their websites. Like there's there's places on the there's the like for example Death by Mage is somebody that talks about their content quite a bit on their website they have links to all of it they have stuff on the dm's guild the drive through rpg things like that and they talk about their content quite a bit quite a bit if it's somebody that's very interactive odds are uh they make pretty well content um um another thing is like you can find things that have been play tested and such as well um I'm going to read the last little bit of this article, and then uh, if there's anything else I can think of on homebrewing, we'll talk about it. But first off, uh, personally, I found the easiest and least game-breaking things to homebrew are monsters, items, class archetypes, races, and minor character customization options like backgrounds and feats. Classes are by far the hardest thing to get right, as many times they have unique resources and mechanics. As a rule of thumb, the more unique variables in a homebrew, the more likely it is going to have a balance issue. So try to find sources that create quality homebrew content. Finding these people in groups and communities will help you learn what good quality homebrew looks like. When you find a trusted source, it is also a way to be able to be confident that you can use the stuff that they make in your games and show it to your players. 
Homebrew is great and it is an integral, integral part of the enjoyment of D&D and just tabletop RPGs in general. Learning how to pick out quality homebrew content is a learned skill, but it is a necessary skill for the integrity of your game. So that's an awesome article over on DungeonSolvers.com. I think I linked it. I did not link it in the chat. I will link it in the chat now. Yeah, I was going to say I don't see it there. Dungeon Solvers. There it is. DungeonSolvers.com. How to find quality D&D 5e homebrew content. Um, um, uh, Let's list an example of some of the things I've homebrewed. I've I've homebrewed monsters. Anybody that's seen the Winterborn? Uh, We haven't seen them in a while. Oh, Uh, man, the Winterborn. Um... They're kind of like uh, my version of White Walkers, I guess, <laughs> in D&D. Uh, they haven't been around in a hot minute, but they exist in my world. Um, uh, they have a unique uh, structure. They're very fungal in nature. I know. I think some people thought they were more like zombies, and they kind of are a little bit. Uh, I took a little bit of The Last of Us and kind of mixed it in with some zombie shit, and they kind of became the Winterborn because uh, my world is, is constantly frozen. Um um, my world is completely homebrew, except for the gods. The gods are the Egyptian pantheon. I have changed a few things here and there. Um, there's some... For those of you that have uh, met Blue, the big blue dragon, Daniel, that you guys ran blue, into. Yeah, yeah. We uh, haven't seen him in a minute either. Um, uh, particularly the crystal-born dragons are very unique. To my world, their place in it, I should say, um, is a very unique place in my world. I don't want to talk about them too much on stream because it hasn't come up yet, and it may come up in the future. Mm. Um, but I think Blue, as you know, Blue could kind of mess with time a little bit as a guardian of time. So uh, that's kind of unique to my world. Um, items. Uh, Garuk's sword. Um, Destiny's End uh, weapon is yeah, pretty we, dope. Yeah, um, what you mentioned was the Umbra already, yeah? Yeah. Um, uh, it has the power to show people how their destiny comes to an end and inflicts psychic damage on them. It's dope. Mm. <laughs> Which I don't think Jake has used not one time. <laughs> I don't think he's used the ability here's, once. Here's how you're gonna die. Uh, Garuk just smacks things to death, which is fine, but it's kind of funny. Um, uh, the uh, the way that golems are created, for example, in Arkmire, is very unique. Um, uh, the party messed with them a little bit, and that when they killed them, uh, fucking blood and bones would come out of these, like... Um, respiratory areas uh on these on these giant metal constructs so that's kind of unique to my world um how how they are kind of created um um the way i view gods for example um is just a personal thing the way i view gods i've talked about this a little bit um you know how Particularly with Ellie's god, Toth, for example, and the Egyptian pantheon is male. Um, but the way Ellie views 
the god as is as female um um so how i view gods personally in my world is based on who's believing who believes in them if they ever show up like in person or if they ever see a vision or something of the god it would show up what your perception of them would be uh so if Cedric, for example perceived toth as a male and ellie sees toth as a female or has no gender at all for example um if they were looking at the same person they would see two different things the same person the same god if like he was standing before them and Shadrick viewed toth they'd see him as like and saw him as like a masculine character you'd see him as a masculine character but from ellie's point of view it'd be a feminine character someone with a motherly kind of presence about them um i don't necessarily think that's unique to my world that's just kind of how i view gods probably in general in D&D, but i don't know if everybody kind of sees it that way um so I, I think that's kind of like a homebrew idea that's not necessarily a game mechanic wise but like a lore wise kind of deal um uh but yeah i think that's all i got on homebrew for the moment guys i i wanted to do more um research on it than i got to do this week has been crazy like it really has been with being sick and stuff um got some, some stuff cooking up huh yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be great but we can definitely revisit this topic i'm sure we will in the future because i feel like um as we get more experienced right which D and D, yeah. by the way, by the way, D and D, happy two year anniversary because it's been our two years now. It'll be officially it's, really? it's officially been two years. So I believe tomorrow so. Tomorrow will be the the, the the two year anniversary episode. Tomorrow will be the two year anniversary episode. Oh um, man, I can't believe that, dude. Two years already. That's great. Well, I can I can believe it, but like you know, it's it's kind of wild, man. Yeah. Um. So happy two years to us, and and the more we play it. The more experience when, we get, yeah. When I was gonna say, when when was exactly the two year? I I have to look at the Discord for the specific date. Okay. Um, I was just wondering if you knew it or not. I think it was the nineteenth, or 19th. the or the twentieth or twenty. It was the nineteenth, the twentieth, or the twenty first. I can't remember. So, it's one so of those earlier days. this week, basically. Or, yeah, that's, basically that's, earlier that's this cool. week. Um, that's cool. I have to check the Discord exactly for it, but that's, it's that's it's fine. on there. It was, was it was definitely this week because I was trying to time it out. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, happy two years to us. And and here's the thing: as we get more experience, we homebrew more and more because we like to add complexity on top of things that we already do. Five um, E is good for keeping it simple to begin with, and then it's versatile enough that you can homebrew and make it more complex if you want to. Um, Tyler, for example, makes his things very complex, whereas I'm more in favor of keeping my things fairly simple uh, and straightforward and easy to use. But we've we've messed with so many things. Uh, um, I've homebrewed rules. I have house rules. Things like uh, like death saves don't reset until the end of a combat is over is one of mine um, that I kind of came up with, I think, unless I stole that idea from somebody else, but I don't think I did. It's possible I did, and just don't remember. <laughs> uh, or I'd seen it somewhere, and it gave me the idea to use it. Um, just because I want, I want fighting and and death not to reset the moment you get healed. Um, I think it adds a little bit extra layer of difficulty on it. Although it has made for some puzzling uh, encounters in the past, where it's like, um, what happens if I don't save? And I'm in the belly of this beast, 
and I, I technically get sa like make all my death saving throws. So I was like, well, you might die. <laughs> you know, you have to kind of rule in the moment on certain things like that. Um, oh boy. Uh, but yeah, we've homebrewed a few things. Quite a few things. Maybe we'll homebrew something on stream sometime. That'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we're, we got more D&D things planned for the future as well on 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 this particular show uh hopefully so yeah uh, yeah for sure i i'm i'm sure that at some point uh we'll definitely we'll be doing that i i know that like we kind of messed around with creating a world of, you know during that episode that we did mm -hmm. uh so we've done stuff like that in <laughs> there but uh yeah maybe eventually we'll 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 come up with things that you know maybe Josh may or may not use for any of the you know, games that he may or may not be doing. It'd be so dope we'll just to make a whole world on Cantina and then just do like a one shot in it or like a series of like a mini series. That'd be cool. Yeah, right. That, that would be pretty dope. Also, I have no idea what I was doing with my hands right there. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord, I was homebrewing, home, homebrewing hand movement. Um, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, um, like how dope would that be, right? The, the clockwork Cantina world and then we step into it and play in it. Put it out there for yeah, people would, to play in. Exactly right. That would be pretty cool. Um, I'd be maybe, so yeah, down maybe, for that, maybe maybe we'll do something like that eventually. It'll be pretty dope. It'd be cool. Uh, but anyway, guys, I think that's gonna do it. That was a nice two and a half hour episode, my friend. Just about. Very nice. Um, All right. So hopefully this gave you guys a little bit more, a uh, little bit more uh, insight and uh, a little bit more help uh, into. Uh, homebrewing for D&D. I know that it kind of definitely uh you know what talking about it definitely makes it seem easier or or it simplifies it more than than it should be because when you hear homebrewing it kind of sounds a little complicated but like it's you know just as easy as like changing a few things to something, right? Mm -hmm. like you were saying so. Daniel homebrewed so, yeah. before he even knew what homebrewing was. <laughs> yeah, man. For real. <laughs> did uh, it's and, and it's fun to do, you know. It's uh, it's uh, you know, like for me, basically, all I did was I got something, uh, or I found a few things, combined them together, boom, you know, I got homebrew. Took, took took pieces from this, from that, from this, and just combined them together, and there you go. Oh yeah. Uh, by the way, Daniel, I got some new dice. Uh, oh. I didn't get to show them off. I, I meant to show them off when we started, but I remembered now. Look at, well, check, yeah, go check, for it. check these what out, got, guys. Man. Look at those beautiful metal dice. These are metal, by the way. They're they're all random. Very nice. A very, bunch very of nice. there's one of each kind. There's D sixes, D twenties, D tens, D twelves. All that's very in nice. here. Metal dice is, is the business, man. I, I right. like I like metal dice. And you're gonna like this one in particular, because uh, it's green. I, I I saw it from when you had it there. Yeah. I was like, that, that's the one I was eyeing. Look at it. Look, yeah, 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 look at that D twenty right there. That's a nice, beautiful green. Metal D20. Very nice. Um, Very I, nice. I, I bought some randoms off Die Hard Dice. I love Die Hard Dice. I will support Die Hard Dice till I die hard. And uh, <laughs> till I die hard. Uh, they gave me a little note. Look, they made a little note. It's got it's got nice little nice little look. It's got put they put a little picture on there. Oh, nice. it says your dice have been blessed by the little elf <laughs> uh, little elf gnome guy. Um, That's. Is that, is that how Ellie sees, sees talk? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, a, little, a, little, a little elf gnome? That's, that's lovely. No, um, 
<laughs> like a little elf gnome from fucking uh this uh fucking what's what's that show called that we, that we watched? Um, uh, fucking uh, disenchanted dis- or whatever. Disenchanted, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I I always shout out um. I will shout out companies if I think they're a good company, and Die Hard Dice has been very kind to me. Um, even though I spend mo- I spend money there, but they always give me little freebies. Like here's some freebie dice they threw in there with my order. They're pink. Hell yeah, man! Some freebies. They give out freebies. Oh, oh uh, pink dice. Yeah, I show I showed these to Baba. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I love Die Hard Dice. Go check them out if you've never bought dice before and you want some good stuff that's not su- not super expensive. These are, this is a whole set of metal dice. They're random, but they're they're only like 20 bucks, 20, 25 bucks. So, um, I bought two of them because I'm, I'm wanted, I'm crazy about dice. <laughs> uh, and I love them. Uh, but yeah, check out Die Hard Dice, guys. I had to give them a little shout out because I love them. Nice. That's cool, man. Um, if you have a good product, I will give you love. But if you have a bad product, I will give you shit. WWE 2K, go fuck yourself. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, and now on that, we're gonna we're gonna go to our Any, goodbye screen. Anything, uh, anything else you wanna? You remember that you forgot earlier or no? No, I'm good, bro. I'm good. All right, then let's let's uh, we we gonna wrap it up for today, everybody. There you go. Uh, You're up. So thank you all for joining us today on this episode. Hope you learned a little something something about homebrewing. I know I did. Um. We will see you guys next week, where hopefully we will have our first guest of the uh, of the podcast. Uh, we'll be talking about Star Wars because Star Wars Day is upon us. Uh, it's going to be a very really fun one. Hopefully next week. Uh, hope you guys can be there for that one. Uh, it'll be it'll be good, a, a good talk, a good time next next week. Hopefully, if, if everything. If if the force aligns uh, and is in our favor, uh, if the force wills it, however you want to say it, then then we'll have a pretty good episode next week. Uh, other than that, uh, I'll be doing some more XCOM Chimera Squad on Monday, um, so be there for that. Hopefully, you guys can check that out. It's a fun game. Uh, tomorrow. D and D. If you're watching this live, if you're not watching it live, then you should join us every Sunday at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, the Frozen Decimation D and D that we play uh, every Sunday, or try to at least. Uh, that's always a good time. Um, and then yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll see what else happens throughout the week and the, and then, and then the upcoming, uh, you know, weeks and whatnot. But, uh, that's, that's pretty much it for now. Uh, very excited for more clone wars. Like I mentioned earlier, very excited for the last dance, uh, documentary and, uh, that's going to be it. So thank you guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Peace out. Hi there guys. Um, thank you all for checking out this episode of the clockwork cantina. Uh, I hope you got something out of it. If you were super into tabletops or D&D or homebrew or anything, I'm sure there was something in here for you. Um, and I hope I hope you got something out of it. Um, tomorrow, stop by the channel at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for Frozen Decimation's return after not getting to play last week, unfortunately. Um, 
the party is is in a unique spot and some shit's gonna go down probably so it'll be fun um so stop by and check that out also hopefully uh possibly an announcement tomorrow we'll see um uh, if that gets announced or not um uh but uh as for the stream goes keep an eye out of the upcoming week because uh i'm not working because i'm furloughed <laughs> so yeah, so there may be some streams. Uh, maybe we'll play some Chimera Squad or something on stream, or, or who knows. Um, Hell yeah, man. Uh, or I might just be sleeping a lot, because I'm still not completely over the sickness, but we're getting there. Um, uh, until next time, that's going to do it for us here, guys. Um, stay safe out there, wash your hands, love each other, be kind to each other, and we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.